it can just ask. I don't really care. Finally, this show is opinionated. The host especially. Callers 815-290-0912. People that are naughty in the chat room. Guess whatever are and always will be opinionated. Under no circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions be taken as advice, if you're seeking professional advice, strongly encourage you to hire a license if required person in his or her field there, little Tommy. Hey, man. No, it's weird without the soundboard. I got the guitar hooked up. No, that's his name. Okay. <laughs> Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location on planet Mars. Because I had enough of you people. I left the planet. Sick of the shit. Broadcasting live from a undisclosed location. Top secret in the state of Illinois. Soon to be in the state of Florida uh, in about a week. Just so you know. I wasn't going to do this show until I moved to Florida and got all my ducks in a row for like the seventh time. I'm going to get a rant right off the bat. Seventh time in the past almost five years moving. But I really think Florida is going to be the spot. And if it's not, I'm going to buy a sailboat and I'm going to sail into the sunset because I am sick and tired of 2020. Today is no different. I mean, honestly, has there been a shittier year? I mean, really think about it. I mean, I've been alive for 56 years. And to be honest with you, I don't think, I don't think there's been a more horrible year. And it's only October. We got what? Three more months, October, November, December. I mean, look. And now today, I'm on my laptop, and all of a sudden, I got a news. This wasn't from Facebook or none of that crap. This was uh, Russian television, and I have an extension on my browser that Eddie Van Halen passed away today. And um, I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad. I'm not shocked. I know he's been fighting cancer for a while, but I want I wanted to uh, take dedicate the show in honor of him, but not in the usual. Oh, how great he was! And I mean that that doesn't need to be said. <laughs> I mean it's it's obvious. If people don't know who Eddie Van Halen is, then come out of your your cave or from under your rock, because if even if you don't like rock and roll or metal or whatever you want to call it, or 80s music. This guy, I don't want to get too far into Grady he is or was, but his influence on music, I don't really, maybe besides Elvis, and I'm a little bit too young, I'm a lot of bit too young for that, I don't think there's been another person on the planet that has been more influential to music than Elvis Presley. 
I don't like comparisons, but I can't say that Eddie Van Halen has been the most influential person to music and rock and roll. They would have to be Elvis, okay? And uh, Elvis is okay, but like I said, he, my parents, that whole generation before me, I mean, Elvis is Elvis. It can't take nothing away from him. But I was going to misspeak and say Eddie Van Halen's the single most influential person to rock and roll. That's not true. This is all my opinion. Okay. As far as guitar playing, though, I would say yes. Now, I, um, I'm going to tell my story. And believe it or not, Eddie Van Halen is not my favorite guitarist. Um, that might shock some people. But what I want to do is I want to I want to chronologically share from my perspective from Eddie Van Halen and what he's done for the guitar and music and being a I don't want to call myself a guitarist, but me playing the guitar. I I think sh people should know what he's done for guitar playing just just in the sense of the guitar a lot of people don't know what he's done just for the guitar let alone playing and influencing people and changing how you play guitar i mean there's no doubt about it but what i want to do and of course i'll take calls you can call in because i want all you guys guys's perspectives for the most part you're probably going to be you, for the most part, I think most of you are going to be younger than me. I'm 56. Okay, so I I have been blessed in seeing a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And one of the, one of the things that I have to put up there would be seeing and hearing Van Halen. Now, this ain't going to be a Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth, who was better because it, that's, not, that's not the point. Without Eddie Van Halen, it never would have happened, and that's the point. But I'm going to share, when Van Halen came out, my dates might be off, so if you want to fact check me, oh, no, Tim, was the, I don't really care. doesn't matter. Okay. Hey, Dwayne, what's up? Call, I put the call number in there, 815, but don't call in yet. I just started my show. It's kind of like waking up and... You got to run around the block. It's like I haven't even had my coffee yet. Leave me the fuck alone. Uh, there you go. Okay. Well, you inspired a lot, and and the more comments on this, the more the better show this is going to be. All right, that's all I'm going to tell you. I don't have a co-host. I'm not bitching. I don't have a co-host. I don't have you know. It's nothing but me. Okay. So I have to play mind theater here, and I have to take you people back to my mindset and my memories back to when Van Halen come, came out. But before I do that, because this guy just changed everything, man. I mean, he really did. And he, I don't know if he's ever gotten the credit for it, not to mention, like I said, unless you play guitar, you have no idea what he's even done for, for the guitar, just the instrument. Uh, he made changes to the guitar, and that's how... Well, that helped get him his sound. People, people make the mistake if they buy all these gizmos and even buy. I can promise you, if you played through Eddie Van Halen's guitar and his amp and his whole setup, you would sound sound like you. 
you would not sound like Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen, rest in peace. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to talk in present tense. If he was over at your house and picked up your guitar and plugged into your amp, I can promise you he would sound like Eddie Van Halen. It's not the equipment. It's the person playing the guitar. People need to learn that. But be that as it may. Yeah, I'll tell you when he can join in. I mean, when I start getting, I don't, shit, I don't even know. But what I want to do is I want to go back in the Wayback Machine into like the years of mid-70s, 75, 76, 77. That's when Van Halen came out. I need to tell you guys what the music environment was back then. That was pretty much disco, okay? Some people, some people hate disco. I actually kind of like it, believe it or not. I dance like a white person, but isn't that the fun of it? But disco was number one in the charts. Disco was the rage. I was 13 and 77, 14. So I'm coming into my teenage years. And discos and roller rinks for that matter. And um, just dancing was... Dancing to Disco, Saturday Night Fever, the Bee Gees, all that crap. And then all the, the African-American black bands were just phenomenal. The Gap Band, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang, which in my opinion was, where's Alicia at? She could verify the shit. Uh, the Sugar Hill Gang, in my opinion, was the first band to come out with a, with a uh, uh, rap song but it's my opinion but you have to you have to have the mindset that disco's the shit that's it this it's disco everywhere it's like it's it so this band comes out rock band and rock was starting to fizzle down and there was really nobody standing out it was the mid 70s i mean coming off the 1960s which you know, when I was a kid, I've always been attracted to music. I've heard some songs on the 70s channel. Oh, and by the way, if you turn the Boneyard on on Sirius XM, uh, Keith Roth is doing a tribute to Van Halen. Kind of gave me this idea. And he's got people calling in. LL Cool J called in. All these people are calling in that knew, Betty, uh, knew Eddie. And then, of course, listeners calling in, sharing their stuff like this. Uh, and what they thought about and how Van Halen affected their life. Cause a lot of people fall on music uh, to get them through troubled times, whether you're even a musician or listener, but back in the day, about 1977. And this goes all the way back to star Wars. You <laughs> know, So that, you know, I was 13 Saturday night fever came out. Grease came out. That's not really disco, but it was John Travolta. That, that was the, if you can even put this into your head, that's all it was. That's all it was. Disco, Saturday Night Fever, the Bee Gees, all that shit, okay? And Van Halen comes out. And I know a little bit about the band. I could be off on my facts again, but the gist of it is this. They were playing everywhere, and a record company would not sign them, no matter what. They sent their demo, they did this, they did that. Nobody wanted them because they were not a disco band. Believe this or not, 
which shows I'm not a huge fan of record companies, but it just shows that there's really nobody in the industry uh, that or record labels that can recognize talent. They're always late to the game and then they jump on the train. So Gene Simmons saw from kiss saw Van Halen playing one night. And I just read this today actually, cause I was reading about Van Halen again and Gene Simmons tried to get, I don't know if it was Warner brothers or I don't want to misspeak, but it was a record label and they still wouldn't sign him. So the record executive said, I will go see Van Halen live and then I'll make my decision. Well, he saw him live and then it was game over. So they, they signed Van Halen and the rest is history as far as, um, to present day. That's not going to be the end of the story, but a lot of people don't even know that they couldn't even get signed. So don't be discouraged if you're a musician and you're not getting signed because it's really not you. It's these people in the recording industry that, that can't recognize any talent. I'm not saying all of them, but good Lord, <laughs> you can't hear when Eddie Van Halen plays the guitar, that this guy is some type of God or, uh, anomaly or, or like another Elvis Presley, like I said, but it didn't happen. And it took Gene Simmons to, to get the record industry to recognize this band. Okay. So, um, it was game over after that. Now, some things that Eddie Van Halen did, and I want to get into this a little bit, and my fingers are already killing me, but for you people at home, you're not going to be able to see this because I got my guitar. But he did some alterations all on his own. And the thing that he did, the biggest thing is he put this bar on here. It's called a whammy bar. Okay. He didn't invent it. He didn't. It was just really never used in rock. And rock was like three chords and some, you know, some solos and this and that. But it never really came came out at you. He also did the two-hand tapping thing, which is a technique that's not really for the guitar. What he also did is that he put two two pickups here in the bridge. And what that does is that when if I just use one pickup, like here in the middle and at the top here by the neck, they make some noise. But when they're double humbuckers like this, they cancel each other out in the noise and they're really quiet. And they're also, the tone changes on the guitar. So he did that. He also put a maple neck on a strap body. And that's why they called his guitar Frankenstein and went to a 22 fret. I don't know what the scale was, but 22 fret neck instead of 24. And um, built this guitar from pieces of other guitars. But the main, the main thing that, that he's known for that a lot of people don't know, a lot of people do, but you might not know, is the whammy bar. Which does this. So just the die bomb and stuff. There that stuff wasn't out there. Okay. Again, there was disco on the radio and 70 stuff. 
and back from the sixties in Woodstock and Crosby Stills and Nash and you know, and then Elvis Presley. And now you're here comes Van Halen. So, you know, instead of playing cordial. Get a tune. He would add stuff. So that, that was one thing. So if you just listen to Running with the Devil, you can hear stuff like that. Then he would get into harmonics like this. Which is really cool. But then if you add the tremolo to that. You get a whole different, whole different dynamic of playing. And when the record company heard him playing Eruption, I was put, try to put a little bit here. That's just two hand tapping. I should show the camera on that. Using two hands playing the guitar. And he didn't invent that. He kind of stole it from Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. But the record, when they were listening to it, they're like, oh, there's two guitars in there. No. <laughs> it's one it's eddie van halen so you know you, you put all that you put all that stuff in there if I had my hand up. you get a half-ass van halen so that's how he changed music and it just evolved from there. Now, Eddie Van Halen, here's a story for you, Tim. So his brother Alex plays the drums, and Eddie played the guitar when they were kids. But when they first started, Eddie started on the drums, and Alex played the guitar, and they both sucked. And they go, you know what, let's switch. So they switched, <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. So I think Eddie had piano lessons. Uh, but I just read again today that he doesn't know one scale on the guitar and he just plays. He just plays what comes out, which is just freaking amazing because you're told uh, you can't do this without an education or formal training or blah, 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 blah. So let that be a lesson to you in whatever you do, because it's just not true. If it wasn't for Eddie Van Halen, I don't, you know. I don't, somebody said that, you know, what if Eddie Van Halen never even picked up the guitar? I mean, I don't even want to think about that. So one thing led to another, they evolved, David Lee Roth, and they split off. Sammy Hagar came in. Now here's the thing. I've seen a Sammy Hagar, D David Lee Roth argument. I have been, this is so weird. I have been a fan of Sammy Hagar since about 1980. And when Van Halen came out, I honestly didn't care for him. I, I just didn't. I, I'm like, you know, yeah, it's nice, but, but I heard Sammy Hagar and I'm like, holy shit. And I've always wanted to play the guitar, but I never did. And I finally picked up the guitar at the age of 24, which is really late. And, um, I was too busy partying and driving and girls and, and hanging out with my friends and all that shit. So uh, I wanted to play the guitar, but I never did. And I was motivated and, and inspired by Sammy Hagar. 
Okay. But I never picked it up. And then I turned 27 and I did. And I would listen to what Sammy's playing and try to play like him. But you never really end up playing who you want to sound like. It's weird. And then for some reason, after I got to a certain level, it it started sounding a little like me playing like Eddie Van Halen. I had a neighbor come over when we bought our house. I don't want to make this about me. I'm just telling my, this was my story of how Eddie Van Halen influenced me. But not at this point. A neighbor came over like in 1994 and saw my guitar and he goes, oh, you play guitar, huh? And I go, well, yeah. Uh, he goes, oh, well, we have a band. You know, who do you sound like or this or that? I said, well, I, I said, I'm trying to sound like Sammy Hager, but that's not what comes out. <laughs> so Van Halen comes out and I picked up the guitar and I showed him. He goes, yeah, you're right. That's weird. I go, it is what it is. I, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, Eddie Van Halen's just a different He's not even human, but he is. He's a guy, but he, he was a guy. Uh, but um, just a very gifted, talented guy. And uh, that's what came out when he picked up the guitar eventually. But then when Sammy Hagar joined Van Halen, like in 1980, what, seven, eight, something like that, I was in heaven. I was in heaven. I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. Perfect band for me. But I think it's the best band of all time. That's just my opinion. When those two got together, the energy coming out of that band with those two guys playing the guitar was just phenomenal. Unbelievable. And in fact, they were the only band I would see live. I saw them at the Rosemont Horizon, which I think is the All-State Arena and probably something else now in Rosemont, Illinois, countless times. I can't even, can't even, I must have seen Van Halen 20 times at least and Sammy Hagar just as much when he was solo. So, I mean, that's my band. So, like I said, I was in heaven, all the stuff that came out, that influenced me to finally pick up the guitar. I think I picked it up right before that. So the timing was perfect. And I never... I never ever wanted anything to do with Eddie Van Halen, but there's a video for some of you guys go to YouTube and type live without a net Van Halen. The video is 32, 33 years old filmed in, uh, Connecticut on new Haven, Connecticut. Unbelievable. Just to, just to cut, just to get the energy coming out of that band was phenomenal. And it was a great chemistry and it was just, it, it was just like, I mean, I was just on top of the world, man. I'm like, Oh my God, this, this is perfect for me. Then of course I'm starting to watch Eddie and listening and I'm like, what the hell was he doing it and he's playing oh he's playing sammy hagar songs you know like i can't try 55 one way to rock but he's throwing eddie van halen into it because he's eddie van halen i'm like what in the fuck is he doing so i'm watching him it's a great cd so do i dave it's phenomenal 
fucking unbelievable. And I, he grabbed my attention because I really didn't care about Eddie Van Halen's playing. It didn't do anything to me. The, the band Van Halen didn't do anything to me, for me. Just didn't grab me. But then when they joined with Sammy Hagar, I'm like, holy shit. And even to this day, when I'm messing around with this guitar and I hear, because I've never practiced note for note trying to play like somebody else. But if I hear Eddie do something that catches my ear, I'm like, whoa, I think this is really cool. <laughs> so I'll try to figure it out because he plays so fast. You just can't. You just can't pick it up. I mean, some guys probably could, but I mean, you, you just got to figure it out by sound and repetition. And um, I mean, just even here, I'll do two things and I won't pick the guitar up again. If I can find my pick. He did that. Here's, here's two things he would do and I wouldn't get them. This is a, this is a squealer. with the bun. Okay. So he would do this. This is hard to do. Got on the wrong pickup. Do that. Then he would throw the whammy in there. I got blisters on my fingers because I had to plan for that. So you would do that. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's he doing? So I figured that out. And then just as Ben's like. And then you throw the tapping. In. And a harmonics. And I'm like, what in the hell is he doing? And of course, he plays like him. But I'm doing it real slow and I'm missing. He doesn't miss and he doesn't play slow because he's Eddie Van Halen. But you just get the gist of it. So that motivated me more to play the guitar because I'm like, that's fucking cool. And he still does stuff. I, I, I just I'll watch and I'll go, what are you doing? Mind you, I've been watching this video on and off 30 some years, 30, 30 years, 32 years. <laughs> it's like, whatever. So the, the guy just motivated and changed music and rock and roll and got all the respect from everybody. And there's always the argument, who's the best guitarist or at least rock and roll. And you got Stevie Vai and you got, you know, get all these guys, you got Neil Sean, you got, I think you're really going to find a lot of respect, which I've seen already from people on Twitter that, uh, Eddie's the king. And I don't really think anybody's going to argue that. And a lot of these people on Twitter, these musicians, are giving Eddie Van Halen the respect and credit that he deserves that Eddie Van Halen made me want to be a musician, a guitar player, in a band, whatever. And it it's just insane to see all these people come out and give him all this respect because lately how people have been mean and hate and everything that's going on, 
you know, I'm glad that fucker's dead. You know, he, he sucked. He copied everybody. It's like, no, he didn't. You know, I, I'm exp- with, with the mindset that's been going on lately. I'm just waiting for people to be hateful and mean, and they're not. There's a lot of respect and love coming out, and it's like, oh, my God. And this guy did that. And it, uh, it's really nice to see that somebody finally gets some respect and honor that they deserve because this guy changed the face of music forever. And I really don't think there's going to be anybody like him again. He, um, he didn't influence me to pick up the guitar. Sammy Hagar did, but he influenced me to open up my playing to different techniques and that's what it's all about i mean it's it's like if anyone ever says they have something mastered or they have it figured out or i'm the best whatever in the world you better run because they're they're not they got a lot to learn and uh, that's what he did for people and if anybody does anything and they make it look easy and then you go what in the fuck are you doing like michael jordan playing basketball what did you just do or Walter Payton? See, I'm so blessed to see all this stuff because I saw it and Eddie Van Halen playing the guitar. And I don't think these people really realize how influential they are to people that want to do what they do. And he did that for a lot of people more than I ever thought. Cause they're all coming out of the woodwork. And like I said, uh, Ozzy's Boneyard on XM, Sirius XM, they're they're just playing Van Halen and have people calling in in real time, and it's awesome. I, I just it really warms my heart. I'm very sad because he was only 65 years old, and uh, it's not young, but it's not old, and it's just way too soon. Um, but it is, it is what it is. And he was fighting tongue cancer for years. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess, you know, my, my respect and condolences to the Van Halen family, his son, his daughter, not daughter, his wife, his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli. Weren't they a great couple? Perfect couple. Valerie Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen. Perfect couple. Oh my God. Uh, it's just sad. It's just really sad. And um I just thought I should come on and respect and honor him and uh briefly share what Eddie Van Halen has done in my life. I mean, play little guitars. Play little guitars, play cathedral, and listen to that. And you're like, what are you doing with that guitar? And it makes you, or at least me, want to go, I want to do that. Well, good luck, because I still can't figure it out. (laughs) So you figure it out, let me know. But it's like, there'll never be another Eddie Van Halen. There's people that sound like him. There's people that can emulate them, but you can, there just won't be. And, uh, 
I really do think out of respect of when we get past this, this COVID-19 stuff, I don't care if you're a country band, I don't care what you are. If you don't put one Van Halen song in your set, it'll be very disappointing because this guy deserves it. It was just, nobody has done for guitar playing or rock and roll from the mid seventies until present than Eddie Van Halen. So that's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Music sucks. I mean, you got to remember, Oh, there's some other things he did too. He, uh, he was playing with, uh, his guitar amp and he found out that he would get a better sound if he put, you know, how you get a light dimmer on your lights and they dim the lights like for the dining room table. Well, he hooked up his amplifier, guitar amplifier to that. And he didn't know this, but if you put lower voltage to anything electrical, pretty much you'll burn it out. So he kept burning out his amps, but he liked the sound that he got when he turned the dimmer down, which lowered the voltage to the amplifier and it sounded awesome, but it burnt out the amplifier. Uh, it's called a Bariac now, and he helped do that. He helped he helped um, Floyd Rose fine-tune and invent the whammy bar. Um, he's been instrumental in pickups for guitars. He makes his own brand of amplifiers and cabinets, pedals, effects, um, recording techniques. The guy's just amazing. I, I mean... Anything that has to do with the guitar, I'm sure he influenced somehow, some way in people and how they make them and how they play them. That's just the way it is. So I just didn't want to come out here and say he's the greatest and who's better. And that's not what it's about. This guy, it was just um, a, a legend, a god, a guitar, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Uh, a prodigy uh, anomaly. I don't know, but people were calling in and going, he was just a real humble, nice guy. And I guess Eddie Van Halen said, if I didn't play guitar, I'd probably be pumping gas somewhere. <laughs> so it's a type of guy that he was. And it's just, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. So yeah, Hendrix, I never got into him too much either, late 60s. But regardless, I mean, yeah, it, it's just Hendrix was awesome too. Not a big fan of his either, but yeah, an amazing guitar player. Uh, and people were influenced by him. So I don't know. I mean, if, uh, you know, Dwayne, if you want to call in now, you play guitar. I don't really care. I, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to share my perspective and what Eddie Van Halen did in my life at 56 years old. And, um, he actually saved the rock and roll. I, I think he did. Uh, but that was 77, 78. And I really honestly think nobody's, nobody's done for rock and roll and guitar playing what Eddie Van Halen has done since. And I don't know if they're, Ever will be. I, w I I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't hear it. I think music sucks, you know. But then, you know, you start sounding like your parents. And, 
oh, well, Elvis was great and the 40s were great and, you know, however old they are. You know, music today sucks, you know, but then you get older and I don't know. I mean, I just really think music fucking sucks today. There's really nothing. There's some good bands. There's some talented people, but not like that, you know. So I don't know. That's just my opinion, my perspective. But um, was Hendrix from Seattle? I don't even know. Uh, you're flipping back from both shows. What show's going on, Pamela? Another one? So anyway, just rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. If you want to call in, that's fine. If you want to share what you think, I mean, I don't really think... I mean, I think out of the negativity and the sadness, there's going to become happiness and maybe a resurgence. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. But uh, I, was, I just felt like I had to come on here and honor him and self and pay my respects and uh, share what this guy did for me. And I'm sure he did a lot for other people too. Just if you never really listened to him, I encourage you to do it because he's just uh, an amazing player, especially when he's playing solos, live concerts, and, and quite honestly, the energy between him and Sammy Hagar in that Van Halen version of the band is just off the charts. It's off the charts. Uh, and that's it, because you're really missing something that, that um, you're probably never going to hear again. So listen to that. And it just may inspire you to pick up the guitar. Yeah, you know, I, I got to get into that. I got to get into some 60s stuff because I was just a kid. Uh, I was born in 64, but I keep hearing people talk about the Beatles and Hendrix and, you know, because all, all that stuff was just too much for me. And it was all the, uh, there was Motown and uh, like Crosby, Stills and Nash type of folk stuff. Um Pablo Cruz, Ray Parker Jr., some stuff, you know, so just some, and then the Bee Gees, and then it, it went into disco. So I kind of missed the rock boat being a kid because I missed the 60s stuff. But then the 70s came in, and that was phenomenal. But then when Van Halen came in, it just, it was, took it over the top. So. Yeah, I know, I know, Pamela, but I don't want to. I want to build up my calluses because I, I only get these blisters when I when I bend a lot. When I'm trying to do Van Halen crap, if I if I didn't do that, the guy bends so much it's insane, and 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 that's how he gets a lot of his sound. But I just got to play more is what I have to do. So, huh? There's a statue of him downtown, Jimi Hendrix. I've been to Seattle. I don't remember. Nobody told me that. What the fuck? Huh. I don't know. All right. So either uh, call in or I'm going to end the show because I'm going to watch the dumbasses uh, in the uh, debate. 
And that's weird because I don't know. It's it's over here. I'm sorry. Eight one five two nine zero zero nine one two. If you want to say anything about it, that's fine. If not, then I'll leave it at this. But um, yeah, I just it, it's still. Uh, oh, hey, who's this? La la doos does in the Podbean live chat room. Yeah, Randy. See, I didn't want to get into this. I mean, I'll talk about it now. But yeah, Randy, uh, that would be interesting because Randy Rhodes. Um, yeah, if there's anybody that could have stole the light from Eddie Van Halen, it would have been Randy Rhodes. That guy was uh, off the charts, and he was doing shit. To be honest with you, that I don't think Eddie Van Halen could do. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Randy Rhodes would probably be the only, only comparable person that I know of that could have gave him or exceeded him. He was just off the charts, man. Randy Rhodes was just off the charts. So it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Randy Rhodes is another guy. What are you doing? Really? So good point. That's a very good point. I'm not going to argue that. It is what it is. Yeah. It's really sad that he died too. That would have been interesting. That would have been, could you imagine those two on the same stage? I mean, that would just be like overload. <laughs> like, really? Wow. What could have been? But we got to look at what has been and move on. But um, arguably there's other people too, but I, I just don't want to. I think we better appreciate who we still have around because uh, we're not going to get them back in. The, they're not getting any younger. So music is just so important to me that it'll always be a part of me. And then when we lose, uh, when we lose that person, it, it's, I don't know, it's surreal. It's like, really? No more Eddie Van Halen. I can't even. It still hasn't sunk in. I mean, like, really? That was too fast. Too young. But we all have our mortality, so, I mean, we're going to have to deal with it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, you know, this this is interesting here. I'm going to open up my... Um, music listening choices. Hendrix will be one of them. Hendrix was from... I just think Jimi Hendrix got a bad rap because he was allegedly doing drugs and this and that and everything else. and You know, it kind of scared people away from it. That's just my opinion. But, you know, maybe not. Uh, Hendrix was from nearby Renton, Washington. And a statue was spray painted by vandals where it was on Broadway Avenue in Seattle. I, yeah, I don't, I didn't even know that. I've been to Seattle quite a bit. I didn't, wow, it's weird. Okay. All right, so I don't know, that's it. So I'm going to watch a two dingbat vice president debate here. I think they're on at eight central time. 
So I'm going to go waste my time watching that. And, uh, that's it. If y'all got nothing else to say, 815-290-0912. Otherwise it's last call 45 minutes and no nonsense. No nonsense. Is that what that is? Nonsense. Nonsense password. Sorry. Yeah. Rest in peace. Eddie may is post life be harmonic. Yeah. Amen to that. I don't know, man. It's, it's, I agree. Hit me like a ton of bricks and try to process this and, you know, move on. But it's definitely going to make me uh, appreciate and respect what he did and pick up the guitar more because uh, I don't do it enough. And I don't want to piss off Eddie Van Halen when he's in. wherever he is <laughs> we can get into that so in spirit form i should say isn't what tomorrow today's tuesday isn't it is it the is it really is it debate tomorrow i thought it was tuesday isn't it tuesday it could be wednesday maybe you're right maybe i'll, I'll be sitting in there and annie what's this van halen what this is annie oh we got friends texting me he uh passed away today So I am doing a show in a tribute. In a tribute. How is she seeing that? That's weird. Tribute. To Eddie. Oh, God, this phone. To Eddie. <coughs> Excuse me, Eddie. Fuck. Van Halen. So there you go, man. I mean, I don't know. Uh, is it tomorrow? Is it debate tomorrow? Am I am I wrong? God, what a dumbass. I should look that up. Well, it shows you really how important it is to me if I don't even know what night it is. I could really care less because the last one was just ridiculous. Oh, God, Eddie Van Halen's popping up everywhere on <laughs> here. Um, is the debate on tonight? Because Tim is a dumbass. Oh, that's horrible. I mean, I was... I believe it or not, I've waited four years after Trump got elected. It is tomorrow night. Okay, well, there you go. Forget it. Um, I'll be sitting here a while <laughs> waiting for that, thinking it's starting tonight. That debate was god awful. But I I um as soon as Trump got elected four years ago, I've waited for that debate. And I I just have to say I was just totally disappointed. Totally disappointed. They were both idiots. I'm sorry. I support the president. He's our president. I don't agree with everything he does, but he's our president. But that that was not... You know, you hear Trump isn't presidential. I don't want to t turn this into politics. But, you know, he's not presidential. He's not this and he's not that. That was not presidential. I'm sorry. It's just That was a 
high school bully, who's the tougher bully outside and who's going to win in a verbal fight. It was ridiculous. And it was quite embarrassing, but, uh, and then Mike Wallace got into it and he started arguing with the president. I don't give a shit what he says. He did. So it's like, I knew it was going to be a TV reality show, but it, it I didn't think it'd be that bad. So, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I'm kind of hoping the vice president debate would be a little calmer, um, which would probably be more boring. I mean, don't get me wrong; that was entertaining. I was laughing my ass off at some parts. But you shouldn't be laughing in a presidential debate. We're in some real challenging times here, and we need leadership, not name calling. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, really? Am I really seeing this? I watched the whole thing, though. Hour and a half of that it was just, I don't know what it was, but it definitely crossed the boundaries for me that. Say like, this is ridiculous. This is like two assholes standing up there cutting each other down. And I said, I don't want to see it. Uh yeah, no kidding. Stay uh Bonnie says the nation is stronger when we are together than we are well, than we are divided. That's true. But that's just a military tactic. And unfortunately, we're falling into the pathway of Rome and the Senate is divided and um the Huns are going to be climbing over the wall any day here and take over the fucking country if we don't get our shit together. So uh, that's just my opinion. So, all right, what else is that? It was horrible. It really was. I mean, like I said, I support the president, blah, blah. I don't care if it was Obama, Clinton. I did all of them. But that, I got to call it, call it the way I see it. That was just awful. <laughs> fucking awful. Uh, what got accomplished? Nothing. I don't think anything did. I think more people got pissed off than they were before they started it, to be honest with you. So, what's the schmack? I don't know. What is it? What is this? What is the schmack? What's the schmack? I give up. What's the schmack? Welcome. Who else is in the chat room? Let's flip over to Podbean. Nobody. Okay, just two guys there. Thank you very much. For your comments. So I didn't intend this to be entertaining or funny or humorous or controversial or to make you think. This was all in respect to Eddie Van Halen, who, in my opinion, is and was the greatest rock and roll player of all time, followed very closely by Randy Rhodes. Very good point. I will not argue that for a second. I'm just tired of losing all these legends of music. Neil Peart, some other ones, but Neil Peart for sure, and now Eddie Van Halen. And uh, I just thought he'd get a little more time, maybe another 10 years. But 65 is too soon but it is what it is so i mean if you look at it from a janice joplin perspective and some other people i mean he 
he made it pretty far. It all depends on how you look at it. A lot of musicians pass away in their 20s. I mean, you know, I don't know. But it was too soon for me. Way too soon. I don't know. It's just, it's still hitting me. So what's going on? Lenny Kravitz is good. He's got a new, um, what looks like poop. He did. I really like Dwayne's show. Well, I'm trying to get him to call in if he wants to call in. I call in on his show and then call in Dwayne. Should I call you? Because I got to catch the debate that's not on tonight. Dumbass. Yeah, Lenny Crab, he was playing the drums. I was in um, Planet Fitness and they got videos on like MTV used to have. And Lenny Kravitz has a new song out, and he's playing the drums. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know he played the drums. And it's a really good song. I don't know what it is, but, yeah, I like Lenny Kravitz, too. He's pretty cool. Uh, What else? Yeah, Aliyah, I know. Yeah, that was another sad one, too. Whitney Houston. I mean, look at all, look at all of them. Prince. Uh, I mean... Fuck. I don't know. And then the Rolling Stones will be around for another 20 years. God bless them. The fuck is that? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's just... Sad. And it makes you think. Makes me think, at least. But I do hope there's some kid that plays guitar and makes Eddie Van Halen look like an idiot. But I don't think it's going to happen. Because it would have happened already. But who knows? Okay, now what? Someone else is... Could be wrong. Never... I've learned one thing, and that is... Never say never. <laughs> that that I do know. All right, that's Annie. How in the hell did she see that though? That's what I wear. Uh, no, I know Bonnie. Don't even go there. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz is great. There's a lot of great musicians out there, man. A lot of underrated ones. John Butcher was another one. Look that guy up. I mean, he's a black guy ripping on a guitar, could sing, and it's like he just kind of got overlooked. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal musician. Um, there's a lot of talented people out there. I just wish they just got to kick it up one notch, whatever that is. Just one more notch, you know, to really stand out. Uh, whether it's singing or whatever they do. They just got to kick it up just one more notch, and nobody's doing that. They're doing just good enough. It's just my opinion. I don't don't know. Never heard of them. Edgar Nevers. Scarlet. It's about time you showed up. Show's over. I'm talking about Eddie Van Halen. Oh, you know that because I text you. Where's... um, Where's Dwayne? 
Is one of you going to call in or not? Because I'm going to just sit here and ramble. <laughs> Although it's been 45 minutes. I, you know, Like I said, I didn't intend to come in here. Here's Pertwee. Pertwee entered the uh, Podbean live chat room. Hello. Yeah, say anything. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to piss a match about who's the best, who's better than Eddie Van Halen, but. That's not, that's not what this is about. So I just wanted to come on and say something because I, I'm just like in a daze. I'm like, really? I'm like, so sad. But, uh, oh, I was saying, I don't know how far back you go, Scarlett. Good. Call on because I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to show my age. I don't know if you've been listening or not. I need to ask you some Motown black artist history crap. So I'm just a stupid fucking white guy. I can't remember. But yeah, before all that happened with Eddie Van Halen, it was all Motown and a bunch of black artists. It was fucking cool, actually. May I take your order, please? Hello? Hello, chicken fried rice. Chicken fried rice. Cream of some young guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Oh, not much. I'm just kind of trying to stay serious. I know. But, you know. Bummed out a little bit. A lot of bit right now. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I'm devastated, man. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just some really sad news. And, and, People are shocked. They're not shocked, but, you know, when you finally hear it or see it or whatever. No one's shocked in 2020. Had this happened last year, there would have been, like, televised specials. And, exactly. You know what I mean? This year, everybody's, like, shell-shocked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing's surprising at this point. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck else is going to happen in 2020? We got three more months. It's nuts. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. So, I can understand maybe why it won't necessarily have the impact that it should. Right. Um, it'll probably be more of a retrospective thing. You know, as people down the line think back and they'll be like, Eddie Van Halen's dead, huh? Like shit. Yeah. So as I, I was explaining my, um, your dad's 59, right? Is that what you said? Uh, no, he's 63. He's 53. Oh. His friend's 59. 60, 63. Oh, your dad's 63? Yeah. Okay. All right. Cause I'm 54 and then you're 30, whatever. Yeah. But I was explaining in the seventies before Van Halen came out, it it was mostly predominantly black musicians, black bands, disco shit in Motown. Yeah. It was and doing like the early rock and roll, yeah. Yeah. And then it transitioned from that to uh to Van Halen and then the I don't rock. know if I ever told you, but my dad was in a band with Jimmy Jam when he was a young, young yeah, dude. no, you didn't. Wow, oh, yeah, my dad was in a, a band with Jimmy Jam when they were in school, and my dad was like the headliner, so really? it was like you know, him and the all stars, you know. And so, but Jimmy Jam was in the band, and my dad was the head, but he was the drummer. Wow, so it was an interesting setup for a band, right? Because you usually don't have the head be the drummer, but he was the head, he's the drummer, and then yeah. like Jimmy Jam did like you know more of like the music background type stuff. But they played at like all their school concerts and all of that. And he wanted my dad to go with him when he ended up going to Hollywood, but my dad didn't, and he said it was the biggest regret of his life. 
Whoa. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't see. So yeah. Cool, what do you mean? Like, it's like, what are you saying, Dad? What the fuck? Really? <laughs> but I get it, though. You know, you could have had it all. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Jam is still, you know, a name in the music industry. So I get it. He would have been right there with him, his right-hand person, you know? Right. So I get it. But, hmm. so yeah, there is some musical talent that I do have. Well, there you go. Then pick Can't up the guitar. Them. Yeah. I sing, though. Oh, you do? So that's my thing. Oh, I didn't know that. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. We need to start start a uh, Freedom Revolution band. We do. We can have a band. Yep. Wayne plays the guitar. So yep. do you. Yep. I can sing. We need to find drummers. Mm-hmm. We can work it out. I feel like we can make this work. Yeah. We could go on tour. I would like that. Oh, you know, speaking of going on tour, music, and all this other stuff, mm. I watched the most interesting documentary last night about a band called Bloodywood. Okay. And they are the coolest fucking band. They're hmm. like a, a hybrid, like they bring like Indian, uh, like Debbie music into it and like Punjabi, like original sound. And they're from India and they're loved all over the world. And they're just such an uplifting rock band, but they're like heavy metal. And it was such an interesting documentary. I was just like watching it for like the whole 90 minutes and it was like enthralling. What did you see this on? Netflix? YouTube. Oh, YouTube. I guess they put it out a couple months ago to like their Patreons or whatnot. And I guess they played um, Wacken Open Air, which is like a huge concert in Germany, like a big rock concert. Uh-huh. And you usually don't get to get on that stage unless you're a big name and they made it. And I have a lot of respect for them because it's a really cool sound. It's not like any other rock music you've ever heard before because it's got the, you know, the Indian influences in it. Huh. Yeah, it's actually really good. I highly recommend. And it was a good documentary. Also recommend. They're just so real and honest and you can tell that they're just like really good people that it happened to and they became famous over it. They like started on the internet and then started being asked to shows and then like exploded from there. Really? Yeah. So I highly recommend people look into that band if you like rock. I will. Or heavy metal, I should say. So who do you? There is a difference. Who? Oh yeah, there is. Who do you so, sound like when you sing? Ooh, that's a good question. I can actually sound just about like any style, but my favorite style would probably be country. Really? Yeah. I want to be the first black female country singer, and I feel I was, like the reason why we don't have one yet is because they're waiting for me. You feel, Dick, Dick, Dick. Yeah. I felt like that since I was twenty-one. So that's something that I've always wanted to do, but I just don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, there is no, there is no. No, there's no black female country singer. Yeah. Well, that's fucked up. There should be. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I want to be. Huh. I never even thought about that, actually. No, no. But like Uh, you got your various ruckers, at least now a couple black guys Uh and, you know, big and rich dude. Um. You know, that was Cowboy Troy. That was with Big and Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, those few are out there. You know. So, I mean, besides that, about it. So, it's kind of, you know. Oh, and I guess now, like, Little Nas X and all that. And mm-hmm. a few people have tried to, you know, cross over in the country, but no black females. So, I find that interesting. Why? Because they, they shove them all in the back for background, you know. Yep. Yeah, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so it's like, yeah, but that that's my ultimate, I guess, would be goal. But I do pop songs. I do, um, I do a lot of '90s songs. Hmm. Do a lot of that. A lot of throaty women singers. So like Alanis Morissette, Fiona Apple. Uh-huh. You know, a lot more like that. If I'm doing like non-country songs. Huh. I would never guess yeah, that. I like the bass of bass every once in a while. That's good. I karaoke a lot, so that's. I got some sets that I like to do. Hmm. Well, I didn't know that. I'm sure other people did. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know how I, maybe a couple of people have heard it before mentioned on a show once in the past few years, but yeah, it's not something I talk about all the time or even really give too much thought on a daily basis, but it is something that I want to do eventually. Because I was trying to ask a friend how much for a demo tape, you know, so I could at least get something out there that's, like, quality. And when did you start singing? As a little girl. Really? Yeah, I was in plays and musicals and all that. Did solos in school. I can see that. I don't think you were shy in the least bit. Am I right? No, not like that. Maybe the first time I sang in second grade when they wanted me to do, like, a solo as a fifth grader, I was, like, terrified. But other than that, yeah. well, you're saying with such an older person with such a more mature voice, you know? Yeah, that's that's normal, so, though. I mean, when I first started doing this show, yeah. I was scared shitless. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, right. God. Yeah, it's just like, it's just something you get over. I think everybody has stage fright in the beginning. They do. So. In the beginning, you know, like I, t- like I tell people, you know, now who are like hesitant to start a show, I'm like, literally, it's just like a phone call with a friend. And if you're by yourself then you're just talking to the universe and no one can stop you. So right. continue. That's true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like who's there to stop you? You know, you may have self-conscious feelings, but just go through with it. Right. So I usually feel, but yeah, a lot of people do get stage fright. And I did in the beginning too. Like what do you even talk about? But you find your groove eventually. Oh, find yeah. Interesting and yeah. find ways to bring it up and topics and, you know. Yeah. But I think that's also the, but there is also a method to the madness in that. I don't think everybody has that skill either. So how about some acapella something right now? Bonnie said she's heard you sing. Mm-hmm. I thought you had, maybe, yeah, with Dwayne or something. Really? I could see that. Yeah. Dwayne sometimes will get me at night. Wow. During the night talk, yeah, he'll start singing something because he will bust out his guitar a lot and sing covers on air. Yeah, I've seen him a couple times on a show doing it. Yeah, and he taught himself, so I always give him good credit for that. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's actually pretty good. Well, that's good. That's... You know, and this year he had tried out for The Voice or whatnot. Oh, did but he? he didn't make it. Oh, yeah, okay. but I told Dwayne too with those type of shows because. I was a big into reality TV for a long time. And with those type of shows, before they even cast for the year, they have a specific type that they're looking for. Like, um, I forget what year it was. It might've been like 2008 or something like that. They were looking for like a black, young black female. And I believe that was the year that like Jordan Sparks won. So I was told mm. to go um, audition, but I just didn't. <gasps> but like, they are looking for someone particularly specific. You think? Like, Oh, 100%. Before the season even starts, they know who they're looking for when they come across them in the audition phase. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Huh. So it's already kind of predetermined if they want, like, 
an older rocker guy or a young, you know, person or whatever. They try to, you know, it might not be like we want all of these categories, but they do right. have a type that they're looking for to market. So they already have the genre picked and the type of person they want to win. That's what you're saying. Yep. Yep. That's and then that person, up. once they show up through auditions, you know, makes it type of deal. Huh. That's how they, you know, end up cutting the show for as that person. So, yeah. So that's the only thing is like reality TV is to some degree, you know, so I told him, I was like, don't even be that upset. Cause maybe they're just not looking for someone like you this year. You probably won't see young white men winning this year then. And I'll be, I'll be sure when this show comes out next year that we'll find out that yes, that was true. Especially just with the climate, because a lot of reality shows go along with what's going on in the climate right now in general. Hmm. So right now, you know, right now the narrative is that, you know, we want minorities to win at all costs. So that's probably what we will see. That's interesting. Yeah. It's just something I've noticed with reality TV. It's very predictable in that manner. Buck, did you take her shoe? Don't take her shoe, Buck. Cool. Some some people that have won, like the year I watched American Idol pretty much for a while, and the year that Chris Daughtry was on, I thought for sure he was going to win, and they had some that girl win, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what you're saying? And then and then Daughtry, but remember Daughtry right after that though ended up breaking out and spinning off on their own. Well, no, he did so, better. Yeah, he probably did better than if he would have won. You know what I mean? And then we kind of forgot about who won that year with Daughtry. Yeah, you, I forgot. You see what I mean? So, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There are some times where that happens too, but it's more often. And sometimes it has been the case with American Idol that the second place winner does better than the others. Right. In certain years too, you know, and yeah. some first place winners haven't done very well. Like that Taylor Hicks guy. He didn't, I haven't heard too much about him recently. You know, the older yeah, I, I, guy. I couldn't stand that guy. I'm like, you got yeah, I didn't like him. I, I go, I how can this fan. guy win this? I like his you... singing, but oh. as far as like his personality as no. a package. No, 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 no. That, that was not, that was not it for me. Who was the black girl that didn't win and when she was from Chicago and she's famous as shit. Fantasia now. Barino. No, it's, there's a different one. It's not her. Was there? I know who you're her? talking oh, about. Oh, um. Uh, Michelle Hudson or whatever. Uh, it's close though. Her mom died. Put, what the hell was her name? Howard Stern yeah. just interviewed uh, her. I want to say Hudson, whatever her name Hudson, is. Hudson. I think her last Jennifer name is Hudson. Yeah, that's Jennifer it. Hudson. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's go. it. I knew yeah. I was close. I was close. Yeah, you know she used to work at Burger King, and she sang like in the microphone and shit when she was when oh, she I was doing that. the drive-through. Yeah. It's like what, really? Yes, I so love cool. that. Yeah, it was so cool. But you know, a lot of people who love it, it becomes a part of them, you know? Right. And that's just what it comes down to. I think it depends on how much you want to sacrifice and yeah, how big you actually want to be, you know? Because I would just be happy playing like local bars. I don't think I'd ever want to be like worldwide, international on no. stage. So let me ask you this. Since, you, since you're mixed and blah, 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 and we've had this discussion many times. Right. Do black people like Eddie Van Halen, or is it a is there a you know a difference there, or are some people? I would say there probably are some black people who are very into rock, but it'd probably be a small alternative category, right? Because he did you the know what I mean? he did the solo for Thriller, and they were talking about this uh, on the radio because um, some guys were calling in, and um, Eddie Van Halen did the solo on the song Thriller for Michael Jackson. And they said, 
they said that opened up. Um, well, I can't see how it could open up more white people to Michael Jackson. If you don't know who Michael Jackson is, you're an idiot. An idiot. But right, they but said, it might have opened up a different audience. That yeah, otherwise, wasn't maybe necessarily paying attention. That's true. Until that moment. That's true. But they said, you know, you think about before that it was Jackson Five. Oh, and I know. If that wasn't oh your God. style, you might not have even thought about it. I remember the Jackson Five TV show. It fucking was great. And then they made a cartoon out of it. It's fucking. Right. It was great. Yeah, it was so cool. It's like, but they said that uh, since Eddie did that, that should open up more um, black people to listen to Eddie Van Halen, which, and then LL Cool J had him on his album or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, he had him on his album because he called in and said he was just a great guy and did a great job and he was just a real nice guy. And, you know, I love seeing that. We We need that crossover crap, you know? We do need more crossover. Yeah. And and that's been one thing that I think in the last few years, we've seen a little bit more of, like I was saying, at least like hip hop coming into country, mm-hmm. you know, and country coming into hip hop. We've been definitely seeing that crossover, a little bit of pop into country. We've had people like BB Rexa in Florida, Georgia Line do songs together. Um, you know, obviously like Lil Nas X, you know, all these new groups that are trying to make this crossover moment happen. But I mean, we'll see what ends up happening but i think the door has been open for more crossovers in music but the one thing i've noticed in like the last three to four years music has not been a focus for the industry no i know it hasn't been coming out at the level that it used to you know where there would be like a band at least like all year long there'd be one album from a band you knew coming out that year maybe you know what i mean like now you don't hear these songs very often if uh if ever it's like the same 20 songs they play on the radio. Yeah. There's no variety. There's no, no. They're all horrible. They, the, the record companies put out what they think people want to hear. And right. they're wrong. And, they're and when they mean wrong. people, they mean like girls 12 to 19. Because that's, that's what it seems like all the songs are like focused on. It's like Harry Styles. It's Justin Bieber. It's, right. you know, that, that's who's literally on the radio right now. Cause I've listened to a lot of terrestrial radio this summer driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to hear like what's popular on the radio right now. And it's like the same 20 songs. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear a good, uh, rap, a rap artist, somebody like Eddie Van Halen and, and mix it some dubstep in there. Yeah, that would be good. I would love yeah, that. that. I would fucking love that. <laughs> Yeah, like an ultimate party mix type thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like all the different sounds together. Yeah, I think that would, all that type of, that fused all I used together. To like, no, when they used to do a lot more club music, that used to be a lot more popular. What, dubstep or? The, well, just mixing of different sounds together. Oh, okay. But as one... far as that goes. Like you would hear remixes where it would be like these type okay. of groups together yeah. in the club, you right. know. Right. But they But now the club atmosphere has pretty much died you know, worldwide. I don't even think people are partying even in like party spots like Ibiza and places that are known for partying. Yeah. So that scene's kind of died off too. You know, all the DJs haven't been playing shows, you know, um, lots of things that I think have affected the music community more than anybody wants to admit. And I think it will make a lasting impression on the music industry for what we knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think there should be any limits or boundaries. Just, you know, throw some mud on the wall and see what sticks. Because it means Well, just that's what they're doing now. Horrible. A lot of people, hi, Buck. A lot of people have done um, the, like, uh, drive-in concerts this summer. I heard Metallica that. Did How's one. that going? Yep, yep. Metallica did one. And mm-hmm. then um, Garth Brooks. And you'd pay 100 bucks for a carload of people. So you could have however many people fit in your vehicle. And then you'd just pay a hundred bucks per vehicle. And then they would show like an hour and a half concert that was just made for the drive-in. And I believe the Garth Brooks event was live where like they showed it on screens at drive-ins around the country at the same time. Hmm. So everybody got to be in like this immersive experience, which, okay, that's cool. Cause that's a cool way to enjoy a concert anyway, with your friends kind of jamming in the car, you know, that would be fun. I have to bring this up because I follow Sam Hagar on Instagram and he made a video, oh, right. a little video and he's got his wife standing next to him and he's packing a bag and they did like a little skit and she's like, Oh, where are you going, honey? He's like, he, his birthday is October 13th. Okay. Oh, right. And he has a bash in Cabo Wabo, San Lucas, uh, Cabo Wabo, San, is it San Lucas, Mexico, Cabo Wabo. San okay. Yep. And he has it every year because he has his bar down there, the Cabo Wabo and blah, 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 blah. Been there forever. And he has a birthday bash there. Well, with COVID, can't have that. So you know what he's doing? What? He, he won't say yet. He's going to say October 6th because he's packing his bag and his wife's like, where are you going, honey? He's like, I'm going to rent an island and we're going to celebrate my birthday on October 13th. And she's like, oh, well, where's dad at? He goes, I'll tell you October 6th, but. Pack your bag. We're leaving. So he's going to rent an island to celebrate his birthday, October 13th. They have a big bash. Oh, wow. Yeah, Cabo San Lucas. That's it. Yeah. Do you believe that shit? I'm like, and he's just not going to. I want to rent an island for my fucking I know. Sign me up, man. Let's go. Let's go. I'm just saying. We can probably find one if you're pretty cheap. Well, I've never looked into island buying, but I mean, yeah, maybe right. yeah, right. yeah, it's not really on the to do list for me anytime. Soon, no, it's but. not like, oh, I wake up, I make breakfast and then, oh, let's look at tropical yeah. islands. To uh, purchase. Get up, no. pee, have coffee, uh, rent an island. Okay, right. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Done. No, ain't gonna that would be fun. I would enjoy that. Yeah, it'd be a good time. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that fire festival crap where we feed you like bread and cheese. It'd be decent. I bet you Sam, I Sammy's freaking though, because he's, I think he's 73 and I mean, he's, right. he's devastated. Were he's, they planning on doing anything? Uh, he, or? No, he tried and tried to get on good terms with Eddie, but he just, uh, I don't know. It, they were saying once you pissed him off or he didn't like it, he would let you know. Eddie would. And it's just right. kind of hard to make amends or something with them. And it's really sad that, that, that it ended that way, though. Well, it is. Yeah. And I mean, to die of cancer, you know, it's just really sad. And then Valerie Bertinelli, you know, came out with some of the tributes because, you know, they were married. And it's sad because she has cancer right now. So I'm sure, you know, she's feeling some type of way. What's wrong? She got breast cancer? What's wrong? Valerie Bertinelli has some type of cancer. I forget what type of cancer it is, but she's had it for years now. Um, Wow. And 
she's she said she wasn't going to take uh, treatment. You know what? So bless, bless her heart. I think it's yeah. brain cancer. Oh my yeah, it's God. brain cancer. Nope. So. Oh boy. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So she was. You know, she said it was really sweet. You know what she said? She was like, "See you in our next life, my love." And you know, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what divided them. I mean, she was America's sweetheart, and I think his lifestyle was just way too much for her. Right. Well, yeah, and I mean, she grew up with that kind of anyway, and then ended up with it. And you know, I'm sure she wanted to see a different side of life at a certain point. Sure. And I mean, she had his only child, so I mean, I'm right. sure they had this very close bond. Right. Yeah. And I guess he's had it for over a decade, though. This cancer. Yeah, Eddie had yeah Eddie had tongue cancer for quite a long time. So. Yep. So I mean, he and I guess he was flying to Germany to get to treat- get radiation treatment. Yeah, that's that's what my uh, where I'm living at. That's what he was telling me. The guy I live with, and he told me. Yeah. That, uh, so I guess you know because he claims that it came from a guitar pick. Yeah. He had a cigarette I mean, hanging think, out of his mouth every second. I so. mean, cigarettes, you know, might yeah. do it too. And I mean, some other things might have done it too, just saying. Um, yeah. Especially if you snort a lot of coke, you know, that goes down your throat, just saying. Nobody's going to really um, know, I don't think. But Right. So, but I mean, it could be, I guess it could be, you know, heavy metal poisoning you, keeping that in your mouth for hours at a time, you know. Who knows? It's like the girls who did, did like the thalidomide back in the day and made those watches. And, you know, they'd lick the end of the paintbrush, and that's how they all got cancer, you know. Really? So it's possible. Yeah, thalidomide. Look into it. It was, like, it, it, like, glowed in the dark. So it was, like, the first thing that, like, you know, all, Nikon and all these, like, you know, companies that were making watches at the time were using. And this is how they would paint the dials, and that's how they get them to glow at night. Ah, well, the gal, okay. the gals would, you know, make the point on the paintbrush with their tongues because that was the best way to make a point. Well, they didn't know that it was toxic. And until these girls' hair started falling out, getting cancer, bones started falling out, um, they didn't realize that that's what it was. Isn't that like a byproduct from a nuclear power plant? It is like some type of nuclear, like... Waste? Product. Derivative or byproduct, whatever. Yeah, it yeah. is something like that. And, you know, everybody thought it was safe, you know. They thought it was great. It was great. But it oh, wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was very bad. It was not good. Well, I could see the so. temptation. I'd probably drink it and see if I peed in the dark and it glow, glowed or whatever, you know. But I mean, they painted it on their tongue. Well, see, because what they were doing is they'd be painting these brushes, yeah. right? And to get a, a straight a brush, many times you would put it between your tongue and make that point, hmm. right? So they're sitting there doing that all day for nine hours a day. And yes, they were only getting little bits, but you know, over five, ten years, or even a year working there, how much have you been exposed? Yeah. So that's what ended up happening to those girls, and then they ended up banning that substance afterwards. Hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, yeah, people crazy. are people are uh, people are leaving too soon. Mm-hmm. They are. You know, and I mean, maybe it's a sign of what's to come, and. But everybody has their time to go to, I guess. You know, we never want anyone to leave, but we all have to at some point. Yeah, but I kind of like, like him is like, you know, it just shows that 
everybody has an expiration date. And then when it happens, you're like, you know, these, these people are human beings like us and yep. they're going to die. Just like us, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. And when they do, you're like, what? And well, so- and with music icons, you know, music means so many different things to different people. You know, like in that documentary, you know, last night, I guess a lot of people turn to Bloody Wood for they have a lot of depression and it's helped them through. You know, music means different things to different people. And with right. somebody like an icon, like Eddie Van Halen, it, me- it meant so many different things to different people. You know, I'm sure people got married, divorced, had some of the best moments of their lives listening to a Van Halen song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You know what I mean? So then that affects everybody. You know, anybody who's ever seen them play live or, you know, oh, you know, who I live with was talking about, he saw them in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, saw Van Halen back then in, in California. Wow. Yeah, I was I like, was, that's cool. Yeah, I was see like so, so I was still too young, thirteen, fourteen, whatever. But right, yeah, right, and just, yeah, and I mean, would your parents have let you go to a? No, hell like no, that? absolutely not. No, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So no. you know that that was another thing too. So I think you know for everybody, it meant freedom. It meant you know ultimate release of your mind. You know, with music. So I think for, for everybody, it means something different and it's, it's a sad day for everybody. Well, it's an, it's an escape and it, it releases what serotonin or whatever the good chemical is in your brain to relax and all that. They proved all that. Yeah. So it's an escape. Well, and here's the thing too. I don't think we have people right now to kind of replace that. No, and that's the problem. I think <laughs> yeah, that's why no. it affects people so deeply is for like the last 10 years as these icons keep dying, there's nobody out there now to replace that. No. Iconic level. No, there's not. Even in, uh, well, I think that that's an issue. Yeah, even in acting, our, our actors are dropping left and right. Uh, it's like, which you know, not a big fan of Hollywood at this moment. No, but I don't want to see anybody die. You know. No, I'm not going to wish bad on no. anybody. You no. know, I'm I'm just not at that point. I think that. You know, the last few weeks have shown people that we should just not wish people bad no matter what. Well, no, because you, you know, might get what you're asking for. Right. Well, yeah. putting out that energy into the universe, exactly. the law of attraction could bring mm-hmm. it back to you. Right. So exactly. you have to be careful about what you put out there. You know, I don't wish anybody harm. You know, I just no. would, if anything, wish them to be out of your way, but don't wish harm onto other people i've never heard i've never said as much as i've been through and whatever i've never said i wish they were dead you know right like like, i hope you fucking die yeah right you know what i mean like yeah but i've actually yeah no i've never been that i've heard it i've actually heard friends of mine saying that they wish president trump was dead and i'm like what in the fuck is wrong with you yeah no seriously the people especially the last week when he got when he was diagnosed with covid oh they had to twitter actually started banning people who were wishing him to die well that's a shocker wow i wasn't it i swear to god i was like yeah. oh wow twitter stepping sure. up actually surprised. doing the right thing i'm surprised they didn't retweet it <laughs> right exactly because yeah. then they tried to block him when he said that the we just didn't need to learn to deal with it like the flu and then they blocked him over that because they were saying he was stating misinformation so you know we can't win but to lose but I still think it's important that, you know, when you really think about that, 
that's really just a shitty thing to do to another human it's, being. It, it, it's like you wish their life to cease. Yeah. Like what? Like that's just kind of shitty. Like I get not wanting evil people around. I get wanting their existence not to exist. Okay. Yeah. 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 But literally wishing them a specific person to die. That's shitty. I get saying, you know, I wish all evil people would die or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But specific, I want Trump to die. I hope he dies with COVID. Then we can tell him how serious it was. Like, do you guys think COVID's a game? Like, is this a joke to you? You claim it's so serious, but then, haha, it's funny. I hope he dies. It's a joke. Ha ha ha. Then we can laugh at him. Like, it's kind of yeah. sick when you really think about it. Yeah, you know, you know, is this is this disease serious or is this something that we can laugh about and haha, funny jokes? Right. You know, I, that's the only part that I don't like the mixed messages. Like, oh, we can say it, but you can't. We right. can do it, but exactly. you can't. Right. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's no, it's pretty serious. It, it is. And it's killing certain people, right. you know, and I get that. But I had to tell a friend today online. I said the, the virus has a 99.6% survival rate. So let's not sit here and conflate and act like it's like a death sentence. If you catch COVID, first of all, yeah, people have died. And that is really sad. And I am sorry for all the people who have lost their family members. Right. Right. But at the same time, too, 99.6% of people survive. Therefore, right. we can't. And yes, people have serious chronic health issues afterwards. And maybe I'm less apathetic because I've been damaged by the government and have had chronic health issues for years. So maybe I'm a little less apathetic when somebody gets hurt by this government, probably man-made virus, lab-made virus. You know, so maybe I am a little apathetic in that way. But at the same time, I think people aren't focusing on if this is so serious, let's not laugh about it. If this is so serious, let's not wish it on other people. Okay. Let's not say, Oh, well, if you don't wear a mask, I hope you catch the coronavirus. Like all that bullshit needs to end. Yeah. And the fear mongering has got to stop because, because what the, the, the mortality rate or the death rate is 4%, right? 0.4%. percent. So Correct. if I told all if I told all you is if you're driving your car, there's going to be a 0.4% chance you're going to die. You're not going to drive your car. Right. I mean, come on. Right. That's come just it. So it's just like we have to live our lives. Like, yeah, we could paralyze the economy. We could do all these things. But then how do we restart it afterwards? Did anybody come up with a plan for that? It's great to think we could just stop everything and have no functioning economy. Nobody going to work. We all just sit here and bullshit. But we know the elites of the world really wouldn't allow that because they could, right. we could just all sit around and have the world stop and they could just pay and act like nobody has any bills and it doesn't matter. They could, but they well, want to. I think they're going to with that universal pay basic, shit. Yeah. yeah. Basic income or whatever it is. Yeah. UBI. Yep. But and, then that scares me too, because then nobody gets private property. Nobody nope. can have an American dream. Nope. Nobody's going to have their, their own anything. It's going to be like Ready Player One, where we're all stacked up in goddamn shipping containers up to the up to the sky, and nobody has anything that's theirs. It's going to be Ready Player One, The Matrix, and Escape from New York all in one. Ooh, yeah. Think about exactly. it. Yeah. It is. It's going to be. It's already like that. Think about the switch with coronavirus to working from home. That's like Ready Player One. What did the mom do in Ready Player One? Worked on on the internet at home. Right. How did dude make his? How did everybody make their money in Ready Player One on the internet? Right. You couldn't function if you weren't in the Oasis. Yeah, it's true. 
Yeah. So see, we're already almost there because everybody's job is basically dependent. If you hadn't turned it into a digital way of functioning, your business died. I just heard on Alex Jones today that because I was laying in bed and I listened to him. I haven't been listening to him, but it, but uh, the Federal Reserve decided to get rid of cash. Mm. They're going to strictly digital cash. Yeah, see, and I don't like that either because nope. how easy is that to remove cash from your account or act like it never That's existed? That's right. Or yep. hold it from you. Let's say if they want to make mask mandates or vaccines mandatory. Oh, well, if you don't do that, then we're putting a hold on your bank account. That's right. How do you like us now? Yeah. That's and the only thing I don't like is when you can start to control things like that, it can start to control us at a larger level. Yep. And then they can also and people see, are too scared to they, fight back right now. No, I know. And they, they don't get it. They don't think that that's mm-hmm. even possible, but they don't understand. And it's probably cruel. people probably won't fight back until no. it's like really bad. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the part that's scary. They're going to know every. Instead of us who are trying to be freedom keepers, they're going to be trying to, like, be, you know, freedom resurrectors. And it's like, I don't know if after you burn it to the ground, you get it back. I don't know if it's like a phoenix and rises from the ashes. It's like Reagan said if we lose freedom, we ain't going to get it back. And I I think that's true. I don't think we're going to. No. And and did we ever have freedom? No. It's an illusion. Well, I think we did in the very beginning, but. But did we really go? Because when the founding fathers signed shit, black people didn't mean shit. Well, Irish yeah, okay, that's a good point. So it was like yeah, well. we started the country when half people didn't mean shit. So did we ever matter? Did any of us as constituents or citizens ever matter? I don't know. Didn't work out too good for the Native American Indians, that's for sure. No, it didn't. And you know what I mean? And are we next now? Because now they've conquested everybody else, so now it's us. Yeah, uh Alex Jones said something about that. Like they take the poor people and their beta test and how they treat them and they react. So then they can move on to the next group and so on and yep. so on. And I think I did a podcast on it. They did it to the native American Indians. They did it yep. to the African Americans and now they're going after the Hispanics. They did it to the Irish. They did it to the Italians. They did it to the Poles. They did it to Japanese. Yes. Done it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they have like, actually. I could, they have. And yeah. so it's like, now it's time for the average American citizen. Yeah. <laughs> and once you can do it to the average American citizen, you can do it to the world. Because once the world watches us get our freedom stripped, they're going to lose a lot of hope. You know, we are the last bastion of freedom in a lot of people's eyes worldwide, no matter what. No matter how big of a shithole they think America is, they still know that we are the last bastion of freedom. And if we lose that, then yeah. they lose hope. Yeah. And so that's why I just, I don't think people realize what's going on. And Trump today is saying that he won't talk. He's going to stop negotiations for any type of, you know, stimulus helper relief. I think that costs him the election, personally. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of Republicans out there who are hoping on something else to help their families. And now they don't get it. Right. Well, didn't he blame it on Pelosi and the Democrats? Well, he tried to just say, oh, because I'm going to wait until I win, then we can negotiate. And Ooh, I just thought that was a very pompous, uh, yeah, yeah, like very pompous thing to say. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, no. You, can't you would have been like everybody's favorite if you would have just had them cut another round of $1,200 checks. Like, seriously, it wouldn't have killed you. Wouldn't have killed the economy either. That shit's already in the toilet. So yeah. another fucking $1,200 for all the American citizens ain't going to kill us. That's true because people are living paycheck to paycheck and that would make a huge difference. 
it sure. wouldn't make a huge difference because it made a huge difference in people's lives and the economy tried to rebound there for a little bit and now it's tanking again after everybody's little stimulus money is dwindling out. Right. Well, <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know what to think about it. And like I said, Trump's not making it easy on himself right now. And I just don't know how to feel either way. We're fucked. We've talked about this, Yep. but I just think he's adding fuel to the fire right now. And it's just making Joe Biden's case better and better and better. Not that he has a good one, but people think he does. Yeah, that's really So scary. when Trump says dumb shit like, oh, we're not even going to negotiate till I win. <laughs> well, now everybody who doesn't want you to win is now fired up. Like, no, no, we're going to get our stimuluses and then some because now they want Kamala's plan where everybody gets $1,200 a month for a year. Ugh. You know, right. See, that's half-assed socialism right there. You don't, you don't want that. It is half-assed socialism. Yeah, you don't want that. And that scares me because then it's like, then everybody gets used to that. And then what? We all beg for more when they cut it off? Well, then they'll control you. Oh, hush, they'll control you if you don't, if you don't do this or if you don't do this, you well, don't get that. There? Is that Buck? It is Buck. Mm. Get him, Buck. Get him. You know, Buck's out here prowling at night. Oh yeah, it's a good watchdog. He is a good watchdog. Mm-hmm. I will, I will say that. Yep. He's good for that. How is her little vehicle on over here? Oh, it's like stuck on. Holy crap! I saw some light glowing in the dark, and I was like creeped out because I was like, nothing glows behind the camper. And <laughs> so I walked back here, and her little power wheels car was like stuck on the on position for whatever reason. I was well, out. That's why I was like, Buck, go get it. <laughs> get it <laughs> before it gets me. <laughs> yeah, it's dark in these woods at night. You know that? It's dark. Could be something out there, man. You well, never know. I'm leaving for Florida in a week, and uh, if it don't work out there, then I don't know what. Yep. I know, I know uh, where you'll be. Yeah, right. So. That's all. But yeah, no, it's been warm. It's supposed to be 80 degrees this week. 80 degrees. I saw that for here, 80 on Friday or Saturday. One of the two. Yeah, that's what they're talking about for here, too, is like Friday, 80. But it was nice today. It was like 75. Nice breeze. Yeah. Beautiful. But I'm okay with it. As long as we can can go back and forth the cold and warm until it gets really cold. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, 20 below doesn't sound good to me. No, but if we can just bounce back and forth between, like, right. you know, maybe 70 one week, 50 the next, I'll tolerate it for a while. Every day it's I'll warm be- is a closer day to spring. That's how I look at it. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we're already losing. And it's like, no. And you get to have all winter. So shut up, Tim. Uh, I have to deal with winter. Like you're I trying to make you. me feel better. I know I- how you're trying to do well, you'll be pissed at me. Yeah, I... you get to deal with nice 70 degree temperatures all winter and be warm and on the beach, drink tropical drinks. Yeah, well, when I send you the picture on Christmas Day in my bathing suit <laughs> with the Christmas tree on the beach, you're going to be pissed. I am going to be pissed. I know. I like, would be too. Like, you fucker. Really? That's exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> you fucker. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. You're going to get a message back. You fucker. Yeah, and that's well, going to be a. Yeah, and me and Santa Claus will be sitting having a martini. Right? Or yeah. doesn't Corona go on the beach? Oh, yeah. Don't they make those Corona, like, Santa commercials? Or yep. The, the little Santa hat on the little Corona bottle? That's yeah, they do. do. Put a Santa hat on the Corona bottle. 
sit on the beach because you know coronavirus 2020 sit yeah, on the beach with, your, right. with palm tree yep. and a roll of toilet paper and be like there quarantine christmas perfect <laughs> and I'll it'll say, be the christmas card i already told you so i've already got everybody this is the christmas card you're gonna get from tim this year get ready maybe i'll do a show from the beach that would be nice yeah like you motherfucker make us all like believe that we're there Hmm? While we're all freezing, yeah, the rest of us, yeah. yeah. How you doing? Good idea. Merry Christmas. Great. Yeah, no, I've always wanted to it'll do that good. though. So it'll be like my it'll of, be fun. My bucket list thing. At least if I last there a year, then whatever. At least I did it. You know. At least you did it, and you'll get yeah. to do it this year, and it'll be in a couple months, and you'll bucket list done. Yep. So I mean, that'll be great. I mean, I'm excited for you. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be good. Mr. Tire started work. That's been good. So mm-hmm. everything's good. Yeah, I got to do it and I got to try it. So, so I'm got to try it. Yeah. You'll be mad at yourself if you don't. Oh, because I would, we've yeah, talked I about would this in yep, January. We did. Yep, you know, yep. we did. And this is where you wanted to go. This is what you want to do. You said Florida. I said, yeah, you should. And you, you thought I was kind of joking and I kind of was at the time, but then I wasn't. Because I was like, no, if that's what you want to do and you believe that that's where your heart is supposed to be, and go but it's hard to just leave all your shit until you do it you know what i mean then you're like yeah. oh what what the fuck was i holding on to for what right you well, know that's the hardest part that's my advice for everybody who's like oh i can't do what you did scarlet yes you can yes you can you just gotta do yes, it you can yep you just gotta do it well you gotta listen and to- i get it's hard and it's scary and it, you know maybe it might not be stable but at the same time you don't know until you try and every time you try it makes you a better human being what what I think people do, and I've done this, is they don't listen to the energy. I mean, all the energy was pointing to Florida. Right. So if you want to call that the universe talking to you or God or whatever. Synchronicity, whatever. Or, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. but Serendipity. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. But it's like, you know what? I've learned that if I don't listen to that uh, and I do what I want to do, it doesn't turn out well. It doesn't turn out well. Right. So it's like going with the flow. And it's like, you know, if you told me, told me, well, a psychic told me that five years ago. I shared that with you. It's like, yeah, you did. Yeah. She's like, well, you're going to go to Colorado, but then you're going to end up to, in Florida. And I told her she was nuts. I wanted my money back, but she's right. <laughs> she was right. And yeah. you left. And then you literally had a very short, in between and then off to Florida. Right. So yep. I do think she is right. You know, and three years ago, I called it for myself. I had seen something come up in my memories on Facebook that was like three years ago. And it was like, I'm going to be on my own off grid homesteading. You better believe it. Yeah. And it's like three years later, I made it. Yeah. it took a while, mm-hmm. but I made it. Well, you got to go with your gut, and some people have premonitions. I mean, Bonnie's kind of saying that. You kind of dream about crap or deja vu and whatever, and you're just like, yeah, you know, Colorado wasn't. It was. It served the purpose, and then it did. Yeah, and and I healed for two, two and a half years, and um, you brought and it made you who made you confident enough to be out there now. So you know, without it, I think you might have been a different person. Oh, I would, it at least uh, it at least yeah. forced you to go and make the choices that now seem very easy to make when you're moving now. I just had to get my confidence back up in trusting people. I mean, it really True. wasn't a confidence issue with me. It's just like, you know what? Fuck all of you. You know, right. I well, gonna, when people so. keep being unreliable, how are you supposed to trust? Right. Yeah, but that's not that's not. I mean, that's not a right way to live. But that's what that's that's but what it was. What I mean. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing with you, but that's the way it was. Yeah. But some people never yeah. crawl out of that. Yeah. You know, they become True. introverts or drug addicts or God forbid what whatever. And they're just like, fuck all of you. I'm just gonna stay in my house the rest of my life. And be like, um no. She hit the mute on her phone. Family time. Mom, I'm going to go out. I want this. I want ice cream. Mom. All right. So I'm, I was muted. <laughs> so, uh, what else? How do you know? You already know. Them, so. I know what? That that's exactly what happened. Mom, you're no, not compromising I, with me. I raised two kids. I know. I get, I've get. i been you there. Know? I've been there. I know it. I know yeah, exactly. I know. And you've seen my kids. So you already yes. know. I already know. I see it in my head you know? and I hear it. So. Right. I know, because you already, mom, there we go again, mom, right. that's why I was hiding outside so I could actually talk, so yeah. I was out there with Buck, me and Buck were hanging out. That's cool, I love Buck, he's fucking, he's awesome. He is, he is awesome, he's really cool. I'll have to show everybody a picture of Buck. Have you had any more uh, ballot burning fires? Yes, actually, you know, I had got some more of those voter um, registration for the ballots, <laughs> I got three of them sent to me. What? To me, addressed to me alone, three of them wow. for an absentee ballot application. Three huh. of them. That's now, what if I would have sent for all of those back? Yeah. You know, and right now I live in, you know, I could get away with it because I'm moving, you know, counties and stuff where I could try to vote back down in my old county and up here. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's just like, what the hell? I need to send out multiple applications, I think, to see if somebody will actually do it. Huh be interesting that's what i think because between all of us here it's one between mr Dare and we'll call him mr california and uh and me we've gotten five of them yeah that's and that's uh, only been in the last two weeks yeah but you got nothing to worry about right it's yeah. gonna be all safe don't worry all yeah. safe it's all that's safe it's fair President's being yeah, crazy. Safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is no proof. There's no proof of voter fraud. Although I will. Okay. Here. You heard it here first on FRN. We were told by our super secret uh, post office source. Right. Yeah. That they are that thing in Pennsylvania where 4,000 Trump ballots were thrown out. That is a hundred percent real. I believe it. And that's coming from a postmaster. Mm. Okay. Yeah, this come this our that's our super secret, you know, post office person that happens to be a postmaster and was like, I'm gonna give you some stuff to report on air because I am very upset. And this person is not a conspiracy theorist, but now feels there is a conspiracy. Of course there is. I, the post office can't do their job with the regular meal. Nothing against them. So right. why would balance and now they said they removed all these sorting machines? That's that's true. They removed the sorting machines. Yeah. Um they, so now they have to, they cannot um, manually sort ballots or they have to manually sort ballots. They can't put them through the machine. Well, okay. And they know on a year that it's going to increase ballots. How the hell are you going to leave that system open? Yep. That's my biggest concern. How do you leave that open knowing damn well that you're going to be counting probably five, six as many times of ballots because people don't want to physically vote. Yeah. As than before, and then you take away the only non-manual way of counting ballots. 
they don't ever want an answer for this election. I think they want it to turn into civil war so that they don't have to make an answer either way. They want to drag it out so Pelosi becomes president. Right. Which is you know what I mean? Something weird, just not even normal. Or like they want Joe Biden to like croak so then Kamala Harris can be on top. I don't know what it is. What I can tell you is something's going on. Okay. And the postmaster told us to tell everybody that these things are happening. Mm-hmm. And we trust this source. This is a very close source to one of our hosts, a uh, family member. So we trust this person. This isn't just like, you know, a random guy who messaged us an email. On Facebook. No, this is right. Yeah. No, this is a, a host, uh, you know, family. Yeah. So I trust them, but they wanted us to report on that and, and to say how, uh, how concerned they were because they're seeing this as a postmaster. And that the guy who came out last week, the postmaster general, mm-hmm. his whole speech, she said, was a lie. Hmm. Was a straight lie. Came out, said they came out straight out and lied to the American people. What a shocker. Nothing they said were true. Right. right which is, but you know what I mean? But first, it's interesting, though, because for somebody who's not a conspiracy theorist or, you know, somebody who's into the alternative media like we are, mm-hmm. for them to see the plot unfolding in front of their eyes is a big thing for them to see. And I think that that's happening in many different where places right now. Like for instance, vaccines, why childhood vaccination has dropped by 30% during this time. People are waking up a little bit to like, hold on, how are these vaccines actually tested? You're sure pushing this one out fast. Right. And I don't think people realize either. H1N1 was brought to production within 89 days. Nobody complains about that vaccine. Everybody takes it. It's in your standard flu shot now. Every year, they mixed influenza A and B, and it's in the same flu shot. Mm. So, but nobody complained that that was only brought to market in 89 days during the uh, 2010 swine flu epidemic. Mm. Yeah, which that was brought out from Australia, or not Australian, Alaskan bodies in the tundra that they recreated into a vaccine to then inoculate people so then we wouldn't catch this virus that then spread everywhere and killed many people. Bunch of idiots. That, that worked well, didn't it? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah. None of us had immunity to it. Fulios. Like that was the part that like tripped me out. Like somehow you thought we all had immunity to something that hasn't been around in a hundred years. No, you won't have antibodies for it. You won't have anything for it. Yeah. Yeah, But they thought, Oh, we'll make a vaccination and create antibodies for it. No, it killed more people and gave everybody the damn swine flu. Oh, then they just call it influenza A because that's easier to say, you know, than swine flu because then everybody would figure out that, oh, crap. Well, where'd that come from? Oh, well, in 1995, they started doing studies and started taking these bodies and started creating this vaccine. See, they'd have to admit that. So that's why that little cute part about history is left out. But Red mm. and I, when we started first looking up about coronavirus, yeah. in January, there's a couple of shows of ours that we did on Zoom that showed people these these articles about how it really is h1n1 is influenza a i didn't know and that. so they like to play yeah they mm. like to play yeah that was a big bombshell to me because there's a documentary on youtube mm. that talks about these scientists going to alaska to do this and way before any controversy so it's a good documentary because they tell all their little secrets of how they did it why they did it i wanted to go to do it and it's really crap yeah so that's the only thing that, you know, I don't trust any of this right now. I trust nothing. Nope. I don't trust the government. 
I don't trust. I don't even trust going to vote. Shit. But I'll go do it. But I still feel like I'm just going through the motions. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's I, I don't really feel like it makes that much of a difference mm. because we have the Electoral College. You know, it's yeah. been making me think because, you know, have you ever seen the show Blackish? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so there's a show on TV called Blackish. Um, it's with Anthony Anderson um, and a few other people. Diana Ross's daughter with the big uh, poofy hair and all that. It's a good show. I like the show personally. I like black comedies, and I, I actually quite like this one because they actually tried to make them in a better light. Like uh, the woman, her name's Rainbow, and Bo is uh, like a obstetrician, ER doctor, like very high up. And then um, her husband is like an advertising guy. So they, they're very well-to-do black people. So I like that in a show. Like yeah. not everybody's poor and in the fucking hood. You know what I mean? Right. But on that show last week, they talked about voting and like in particular voting in the black sphere and realm. And it was just interesting that they brought up, you know, the electoral college and, you know, does that really, are they really representative of us as we And I really thought about it and I'm like, you know what, since we don't get to really know who the electorate is, are they representative of us? Who are these people? Yeah, right. We don't get to know the electorate. Which is and the maybe, delegates, right? Right, right. which is the Electoral College who actually right. ends up choosing the president, but we don't get to know who that person is. Like, I've never known anybody who's been like, yeah, I've been a presidential delegate. You know what I mean? I right. don't know anybody who's... So who uh, are these yeah, people? How do they get picked? You know, do they send you a letter before the election? Like, oh, you're you're an electorate? How, do they, how does that work? How do you get to be in the electorate? Who gets to choose? Don't know. It's a good question. I, see what I mean? Yeah. So... The, the, but nobody questions this, and this is something that's really bothering me right now. Is why don't we just all accept this electoral college thing? Who are these people? Who gets to pick them? Who's the regulatory agency that oversees the picking? Are the people recycled? Um, is this generational people? Has it been the same fucking people voting forever? Like, how does the system work? Who do they choose? Is it random? How the fuck does it work? I need to know. So I'm going to start asking questions because I want to fucking know how, how do we do this? Right. Or else maybe I could start seeing why states want to remove the electoral college. Right. And want to use popular vote because then that actually is down to what the people say, not people who are representative of the people. Because mm-hmm. if this person is representative for my vote, who the fuck are they? Do I get to talk to them? See what I mean? Like that becomes now a problem because, okay, I get chosen as a delegate, right? Now I get to vote for just about everybody in my state. And what if I don't agree with what everybody else thinks? I get to vote how I feel for everybody else. What the fuck? That's mm. not how it's supposed to be. I don't know. I, I really think about that. I, I mean, I, it, it, that's something that I've been really sitting on for a minute that I'm like, mm, this is going to be controversial in a hot take, but they're picking these people to all speak up for us. And we don't know who the fuck they are. Bonnie says you can apply so you can apply to be one for your state. So why don't you do that? Oh, can you? Oh, so it's an application thing. That's what she's saying. This start, now this starts answering questions. Yep. Pick, if it's an application thing, is it to like the attorney general's office? Is it to the secretary of state's office? Who would you apply to if I wanted to, to be one? You know right. what I mean? Because like, should more people be doing that then? Well, she you know, should more people be reaching out to their state government to try to be a electorate, a she, member of the electorate? You know, 
She also this could be a way that we could change elections if we could figure out how that system actually worked. She also said you have to know Nancy Pelosi. See, that's what I said. I yeah, feel I like there's fucking it's bullshit it's in here. It's a joke. So I know she I don't know. say that. But you know what I mean? I feel like it right. is something like that where it's like, oh, it's a friend of a friend. And that's right. how you get in type shit. Because right. how come we don't know who these people are? How come their names are never released? We never get to know who they are. We never get to know anything. We never get to ask them questions. Not, nothing. Even jurors get released eventually. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. I don't remember learning about that in school. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, what the... I remember learning about the electorate, but what I don't remember is how you get well, to be chosen yeah, to be who, electorate. Right. I know how electoral right. college works, you know what I mean? But how do you get to that point? How do we right. get to be, you know, the 270 to win or whatever? There's 300 however many total votes. And who that... But how do you get to be that person? Because yeah. only 300 and so many people get to decide the election of the United States of America. Right. That's crazy when you really think about it. Because, okay, yeah, it might have worked back in the day when everybody was super far apart and there weren't that many people. Well, but I now mean, that, that there's so many of us, does it serve its purpose? There ain't It ain't that far off because 535 of the assholes in Washington, D.C. decide our fate. So why not 300? You're right. You're right. You're right. But see what I mean. I know. So, it, it makes it makes an interesting question. I don't know if I would want to abolish it, but I now can see the argument for it. Sure. Where mm. maybe six months ago I could not see this argument. Well, it's it's. I was the, like, "What the hell? How dare you? You're trying to just piss off the Constitution. How dare you?" It, I think it has to do with the popular vote, and if they went with that, we'd have a fucking Democrat because of the big cities every time. Well, so. see, that's the problem I think we have there, too, is that if we did, they've been focusing for so many years. Rewrite, and this is another thing they brought up in the Blackish special was how voting boundaries and maps were changed oh, really? to help to certain help. groups and people. No. no. So that they capture the vote. Because, like, where my old apartment was, across the road was, like, Ilhan Omar's district. Okay. My side of the road was a completely different district. And the difference is, is that there's a lot more urban people. And on my side of the road, more wealthy people, you see. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you hmm. know, they were saying that how the, the voting rights act of 1965, they ended up eventually ended up gutting it because they ended up redistricting and reboundering everything to where votes, don't really matter the way that they're supposed to in a constituency because the boundaries are so skewed. They did that kind of shit with uh, my kids when we moved to a town and that year they changed the boundaries of the school districts to see what kids went to what school. And it was very, very suspicious. Yeah, and I bet you it was all like the ghetto and poor kids went to one school and all the nice, rich, fancy kids with nice houses and good zip codes and paying a lot of taxes in, they went to the better schools. Well, the thing was, now I'm thinking about it, they built a brand new high school in Bartlett, Illinois. So all the people, the people with power and on the school board wanted their kids to go to the new school. But with the existing boundaries that were written, they weren't going to go to the new school. So guess what? Right. They changed the fucking boundaries. Mm. And there was actually threats 
<laughs> to people on that school board or whoever decided to change was the boundaries. Was this in the mid nineties? Because I just yeah. feel like this is like a mid nineties, yep. early two thousand. Yeah, ninety four, ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. <laughs> I knew it. Yep. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. Just because I feel like that's what people in suburbia were doing at that time. Like we're fighting the school board. We don't have time for that type of shit in twenty twenty. But then we had time. Ain't nobody got time for that. What are you talking about? Ain't nobody got time for that. That's right. Yeah. People should already know. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so, but it is, it's suspicious, isn't it? Even just even in school district races and things. Mm-hmm. And so who's, we know they're doing it on the larger part because then they can gerrymander all our votes. It is suspicious. I mean, without sound and conspiratory. Tutorial, right. You'd but have it to be sketchy. You you would have to be a moron not to say what if or why not. You know, it's like, what's, you know. Well, how they built 94. 94, as you go through St. Paul there, mm-hmm. um, that used to be all black neighborhoods. They tore that down to build 94. And, where, and they that was the first time they used eminent domain. Where did they put the black people? Over south in the area that just burnt up. In a shithole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. Yep. That's where they, they put did. them, and that's where everything just burnt up with the riots. So, with that being said, when you think about how much disparity has been going on since the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, people might be tired of shit too. You know, so it's like they do this on purpose, and then put these people in these areas, and then bring them these candidates that are handpicked, you know, cherry picked to yeah. be in their area, like Ilhan Omar. She's saying all the right things. She looks like people in their neighborhood. It it sounds great. Until it don't. They did the uh, they did the same thing in Chicago on Division Street, and there was a project right. called Cabrini Green. Oh yeah, Cabrini Green. You know what? My cousin, uh, my cousin, my dad's cousin, built rebuilt Cabrini Green. You told me when that. they tore it all down. Yeah, we talked yep, about yep. this. Yeah, you told me yep. that. Yeah, because the property value was so high, they just got all those black people out of there and shoved them at the outer edges of Cook County. And spread them across yep. the, the the four corners of uh, well, actually the furthest western part of it, a Cook County, and uh, yeah, and they put big old condos up. Yep. Yeah, I know a lot. A lot of my family like went to like Oak Lawn and those areas. It down south. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Southwest. Because you know what? What can you do? You know. But yeah, they did south. that on purpose too. You know. Yeah. This gentrification of neighborhoods is real. You know, and people don't realize it until these developers come in and say, oh, we should have mixed use development with stores underneath. And yep. meanwhile, everybody in that neighborhood goes to a damn corner store. They don't want these stores underneath their house. Nope. You know, provide the people in their neighborhoods with what they need. Right. You know, okay, you want to create a apartment building that's got shopping underneath? Well, put things that people in that neighborhood will use, like a Dollar General or a corner store. Yep. Put things there that they will use. Don't right. put boutiques and bullshit that none of them will ever go in there or be able to afford anything like a liquor store and they don't feel like they belong well that those type of things create issues too because they did yep. do that over north i know they built exactly. they built the apartment building over the liquor store right. and then now everybody's sitting outside the apartments and now it's a sketchy place to live because now all these drunk folks are out there all the time in a dispensary and everything else you need Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot of these developers aren't thinking, they're not thinking about living use. They're thinking about how they can make money off of these people with living use. Yep. 
So I that's agree. what I think. I don't know. Oh, I agree. I agree too. I think I think they use people, and then when they are done with them, they just discard them. And they pro- people making the decisions, they have the power, profit off of it, or somebody close to them. So, yep, that's all it is. It's yeah, that's just, what I think too. It's all just a, a game that we as regular people never get to win, but we're told it's all for our benefit, right? Of course it is. They're being ridiculous. Yeah. Right? What's wrong with me? You know. Government's here to save you. You know, you should know that by now. I'm not here to hurt you. Well, I want to share something with you. I downloaded a book today because oh Mark Mark Dice that's on InfoWars wrote a book. Yeah. And it's called, I don't know what the hell it's called now. I just lost it. Hollywood Propaganda. Mm. It says, How TV, Movies, and Music Shape Our Culture. Yep. And he was, Alex was talking to Mark Dice about this and just some, Alex is reading this book and he went through 150 pages in a day and it says, I can't put it down. So I want to read this book. (laughs) I think that would be a good book to read because I, I, there's certain theories I've always had about myself. Like I have a conspiracy theory about the show, Big Brother. Okay. I believe that that show is used to test the public on ideas and on concepts that that will then come up in popular culture throughout the next year. Hmm. And by using the Big Brother audience as a test group, they see how people react. Okay. And this is, it's been getting more and more controversial as the years go on. But there was this particular year where I was like, I bet you it's going to be racism. I just know it. And the whole season was like, placed on that and then the next year it was like all the ferguson shit and oh. all that and you see that so there's something because they always called it a social experiment right yeah and i'm like what the hell would cbs do this for and spend all this money all these years now they always tried to play it off as les moonvez's wife julie chen it's her pet project and because les moonvez owned the network he let her have it all this shit i don't believe that's it mm-hmm. Like I said, I have a conspiracy personally where I think they use this um, to gauge how the American public will react to certain situations. That public figures, because that's what they kind of are in Big Brother, will say and do, and then how we react as people. Because certain years, people have gotten fired from jobs. Cancel culture started on Big Brother. And I don't think people realize that. Hmm. Interesting. Cancel culture started on Big Brother because some players started doing shit on the live feeds that people didn't like and they started calling their employers. Whoa, really? <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Whoa. And then their employers would would fire them while they were still on the show. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Even though their employer knew that they were going on this show and signed a release and everything, but then fire them because of something they said on the show. And it's like, that's when I started to realize that they actually use this for the culture. So it's it's this interesting thing. You'd have to go back and watch years and years and years and hundreds of thousands of hours of footage to understand what I'm saying. But I do believe they use it as like an experiment on the American people in a small focused test group. Because some of the things they put Big Brother viewers through, yeah, it's only because they want to see how people are going to react. I've never watched an episode of that show. I fucking love Big Brother. It's really? so interesting. Yeah, it's like watching hamsters in a cage. It's great. 
Like, it's great. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like they go in there, they want a million and a half million dollars. There's all these challenges, but then like there's all this drama that starts, you know, people talking behind each other, people's backs, and it like starts instantly. Now that people know what the game is, they go in playing Big Brother style, but years ago, you'd go in and try to find your own groove of how it works. Now it's pretty predictable because people have been playing now for 20 seasons plus. So people get how to play, you know, so they go in playing that way. And this year was an all-star season where they brought a lot of people back um, from previous seasons. And then predictable things happened this season. Like Janelle Pierzino was kicked out like week three because everybody's afraid of Janelle and she's like the queen of her brother and is like one. And so everybody's afraid of her. So they always want to get her out right away. Hmm. You know, so just things become predictable. But yet at the same time, some of the same, some of the same issues are popping up right now with like race and um, acceptance and this or that on the show that I just found really interesting that they're playing it. The years previous, it used to be like a year behind. Now it's like real time. So you're saying that what you're seeing on Big Brother is going to probably be social It's some issues. part of the cult. Yep. Yeah social conditioning to some degree correct wow yeah it's fucked up it's deep yeah because you don't think about a show like this doing this but you gotta think about it they go in this house they go for three months they're 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 recorded 24 7 everything is recorded you can watch it online 24 7 no matter what we can go right now and look and see what's happening in the big brother house so it's one of those shows where the production value that people actually see is completely different than what you see 24 seven as well. Hmm. So then you start learning some of the tricks, how reality TV works and how they want to create a story that might not even be there. Right. Cause if you're a feeds watcher, you know, different shit happens than if you're like a TV show watcher, like that's like the soap opera version hmm. where like that, some of that shit might not happen the way that they portray it. I've had to call that out a few times. Like, uh-uh, I was there for that conversation on feeds. Now they're smart enough to cut off it on feeds, and then they put it, like, they'll cut it off on the feeds and make you watch, like, fish or something while that's happening, and then you'll see that on the show next week, you know? Watch that fish. That type of deal. Yeah, they, like, because you get to watch a live feed 24-7, so they'll put up, like, a bubble screen, or, like, we'll be right back. And then, meanwhile, they're, like, oh. recording whatever good is happening, but you don't get to see it as live well, that's not fair. It they're, so they're censoring it or editing it? To some degree, yeah. They do a little bit. Certain things. If they talk hmm. about too much shit from home, they'll cut them off. Because they're not about to, not supposed to talk about like their personal lives a whole bunch. And there's a few other rules in the house. Like there's no singing in the house. You know, I've applied a couple times to be on this show. How do you not talk but, about your personal life when you're locked in a fucking whatever they are for can't give like personal details too many personal details because of the uh real life doxing that's happened and because of the cancel culture now they don't want you to talk about any people because people will go after your people at home and shit (gasps) oh yes they went after um there's one gal that on my facebook um that she was on many early seasons of big brother they went after her daughter to the point she had to get the fbi involved Whoa. During the show, they went after her daughter. What is they were wrong? like, we're going to kill your daughter. Because she was winning in the game. It's so fucked up. I'm telling you, people get obsessed about Big Brother. It's really fucked up. Why I think it's like a true dichotomy of what like America really is like. It's scary. Is it like a cult thing? Yeah. 
it, it's not like a cult thing, but no. it kind of is. Like, it's like a cult fan favorite, but it's not like a cult. I guess it could be kind of a cult. I don't know, but it's fucked up. And I see that that's where a lot of this culture that we see now has come from. Like I said, cancel culture and this like mm-hmm. immediate, we must get rid of these people type thing that definitely came from Big Brother. Cool. Um, Darren's checking out, said, cheers, guys. Great show again. Time to go back to work. It's Moo. What's Moo O'Clock? Moo O'Clock. He's, he works on dairy farm. Oh. Moo O'Clock. So, I like that. Okay. So Moo O'Clock. So it's time to go milk. Time. The bell's ringing. It's Moo O'Clock. Time to go to work. Yep. Got to go get those ladies milk. They do not wait. That's fucking hilarious. All right. Yeah. So we, we, we bonded over that for sure. Me and Darren, we're the we're the house herds people. <laughs> Jeez, cows and racks. Yep, exactly. Hmm. That's what we're going for. Yeah, I just thought it was cool that he's in Australia doing very similar things to what we were doing here for Farbix. Yeah, it seems like they're losing their shit more than we are, though. They're locked down like a motherfucker down Yeah, they there. got apps I on their so phone. Bad for Australia. Yeah, they're... like we think we got a bad shit. Yeah, if they go out of the like a three mile radius, they uh, of their home. Yeah, fucked. you got to like get permission from the police. Yeah, shit. like yeah, it's messed really? up. I don't know how they're surviving down there. I'm sure people are losing it, and you know the mental health aspect. At a certain point, this will be the largest tragedy in modern history when they actually sit and look back and figure out how everybody really died. They've said at this point, more people have died from suicide and, and addiction than the coronavirus itself. More teenagers right. have yeah. killed themselves I know. than any other time in history. Yeah, I was losing my shit last time. That's why this time, because they're already talking about the second wave lockdown shit. They're already bringing it up. Oh, yeah. We already know. And you know, yeah. uh, we're already seeing pictures of uh, toilet paper and everything disappearing from the shelves. Oh, I better go buy some. Yep, go stock up because everybody's starting to do it again. And I'm like, damn it, if you guys don't leave the RV toilet paper, I'm throwing down in the middle of the aisle with somebody. I promise you, I will tackle you for your package. Do not play. (laughs) Save the RV toilet paper for Scarlet or else I'm tackling you in the aisle. Fair warning. Well, that's that's a huge reason, too, for the second wave because people are so short-sighted. You know, yeah. when, when it, when it loosened up and summer came and everything was getting closer to normal back in Colorado, people like, Oh yeah, see, it's getting better. It's going to be fine. I'm like, but you're not listening to what they're telling us is going to happen. Gonna do. Yeah. Well, well yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say too, or what they're going to do. Cause if you say right. that, they're like, Oh, what do you mean? Who's they? And it's like, you know what, whatever. Right. But, right, because then they're like, they doesn't exist. Yeah, right. And yes, okay, it doesn't. They doesn't exist. But there is some powers that be. And I mean, to ignore that that exists is ignorant. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe there isn't one person, but there is this synergy that exists. There's obviously a narrative and some type of a means to an end. They they got a plan and we don't know what it is. The, that's right. what I and we're think. not a part of it. Right. We're not a part of it. And yeah. No, we're not privy to it. We don't get to know. We're really? just supposed to, you know, be quiet. It's like Brig Brother. It's like a psyop or a, a social experiment. Yes. It's a social experiment. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the whole yeah. point is just to watch how yeah. everybody reacts. Yeah. It's and like they react accordingly. 
It's like the boiling frog thing, except I'm not going to be the frog. Right. Yeah, so, I'm not going to be the frog. No. Like, well. So that's why my. But we answer, are though. But we are though proverbially right now. To no, be fair. I know, but people don't realize it. But by by the time it's too late to jump out, you're cooked. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm getting out of Colorado, and I'm gonna yep. try my luck in Florida. I'm gonna see what happens. So. Well, that's all we can do right now is just try to stay ahead of whatever their plans are at this point because we don't know what they're going to do. There's always an October surprise, and I doubt it was Trump with COVID. And so we're just going to have to wait and see. And I think this month is going to get more and more explosive to where, honestly, I just think people won't be able to pay attention. There'll be right. so much shit happening. Oh, yeah. That literally before you can even think about talking about something, the next thing has already happened. Well, think about this. What what better way to test the vaccine than on the president? Right. And they already gave him those uh, uh, um, experimental antibodies. Yeah, they gave him the nano thing and it's full of nano stuff and mouse pus and fucking shit. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. That's yep. what they said. And then remdesivir. Yep. Which isn't even right. approved to be used for people who aren't severe cases. So how do you get them? I, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, good question, ain't it? Now, at least yeah. get better shit than we do or what? I wouldn't want that shit anyway, but I'm just saying. I'm not taking no questionable drugs that Dr. Fauci researched. Absolutely yeah, not. I, I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell's going on, but I mean. If you go back and watch his, like, his speeches on HIV from the 80s, you will, like, start noticing he's a big-ass fraud, and he just likes to talk around himself. I know, and he threw that woman under the bus that worked with her, and she called him out and made her life Yeah, hell. that's Judy Mikovitz. Yeah. 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 She, she, and they've tried to basically make her because they banned that movie off of every platform and acted like she was just a derelict. Mm-hmm. But how'd she be court if, if she's just such a terrible, shitty person? You see? Yeah. People don't want to admit that she wasn't, she was threatened to send to jail for 10 years, but the woman never went. So obviously she wasn't guilty. Yeah. They just tried scaring the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, but what well, better what way they do to Eddie whistleblower, right? Eddie whistleblower right. They who try comes to... out. They're coming after him. Right. That's just the way it works. I mean, but what, I'm not saying this happened, but you got to think about this. What better way to test the vaccine? And the worst thing it's going to do is kill them. (laughs) I mean, I mean, think about that. Right. Because it seems like that's what they want anyway. Yes. So if they gave, if they did the false narrative and gave them a COVID coronavirus test and he's positive, Mm -hmm. And while we can't, Which most people can come up positive, even if right. you got a cold, right? Because it's around the cold, exactly <laughs> the coronavirus family, not COVID nineteen. And mm-hmm. oh well, yeah, you know you're positive. We better pump you through all this fucking magic uh, experimental now, crap. Bonnie, you got a good point. With that, I think he did not have the virus. I think he's hiding because of threats. Now I had heard that there was a coup that was supposedly was going to try to go down at the time and that is why he locked down into Walter Reed because it's one of the safest places to be locked down. Well, that makes perfect sense. You know, I mean, yeah, who knows? This is like a real bad Tom Clancy fucking sci-fi video game we're in. It's worse than a sci-fi movie. I know, it's horrible. 
Yeah. Reality show. <laughs> when you throw the debate. It is like a terrible reality show. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It's interesting. So, I don't know. I think that at this point, we got to be just ready for everything. I mean, I'm sure they are trying to pull a coup and take them out. We already know they've tried to they do tried that to, with the yeah, yeah, they did that from day one with the Russian crap. Mm-hmm. Russian collusion. Yeah. You know, even Biden at the debate was like, oh, Trump is Putin's puppy. And I'm like, they're still on that fucking narrative four yep. years later. Yep. That shit hasn't died. You haven't found a new angle. Like, Well, that was all started by Hillary Clinton to take the spotlight off of her. Well, see, that's just it. Because I just feel like if anybody, and we talked about this when you were here. Yep. If anybody the Russians would have wanted to get elected, I would have thought it'd be their buddy Hillary Clinton who yeah. helped them with the Uranium One deal. Right. Just right. saying. Right. If I if I were to pick, you know, Donald Trump or and I don't know Donald Trump's background with them, but let's we know Hillary Clinton's background with the Russians. Yeah. If I were the Russians and I know I was being helped by one of the you know, supposedly one of the most powerful families in the world, why would you pick Trump? I know. Exactly. That's what that's what I tell people. You know, like if this is, really is the new world order, why would why wouldn't you? Or is it all bread and circuses? If if I was Clinton or not Clinton, if I was Putin, I would much rather have Hillary Clinton as my my uh, enemy or adversary, whatever it is, in in a war than Donald Trump. Yeah. I would. Yeah. That's a no brainer. You had Trump be be, you know, a a military president. And then you have Mm -hmm. her basically saying, I want to get rid of the military. So who would you think that would be? Uh oh. I keep you on and where'd you go? Did your phone die? Don't die. Oh. Well the one has like random cheap bombs. I don't know where they're coming from i think it's like seasonal allergies their bodies just kind of adjusting to being out here with so much pollen and different elements i believe that that's what i think it is because i've been seeing it i've been seeing it you know quite quite often lately with her and just trying to get it under control and i know how bad my allergies were a few weeks ago that I thought I was dying. Yeah, there was a, bu- a bunch of shit floating around when I was up there. Yeah. So, like, when I, especially when I first got here, like, I had allergies so bad that I thought it was, I thought I was dying. I was like, do I have this freaking coronavirus? Like, my nose is running, you know. But then it lasted for weeks. And I'm like, oh, no, this ain't it. This is allergies. Right. I just hadn't had them in, like, 20 years to remember what it was like. Yep. Oh, happy, happy Gilmore's in the uh, Podbean Live chat room. Cool. So is Rick. There's some more people coming in. Welcome, guys. What's up? We went, we went talking uh, from honoring Eddie Van Halen to Trump hiding out <laughs> in the hospital. Well, yeah, because I don't know, you know, or could it have been, Bonnie, I'll give you one better. Could it have been a deep fake video? Maybe Nobody a, thought of that. Deep fakes are easy to make. You can make Trump saying whatever you want to. I was going to say, all you need is a green screen, and you're good. Yep, and people, and like Bonnie said, 
the background was supposedly moving during this speech. Now, I didn't watch that speech, but I'm going to go back and watch it now. And there I'm going to see because what if it was a deep fake video? What if it was something that they put out, you know, to try to get. But then in other videos, though, like when he went back to the um, back to. Uh, oh, it was thallium. My bad. I said thalidomide. It was thallium. Something just popped up on the TV that reminded me of that. And it said thallium. And they were talking about it. Mm. But anyway. Um, but if the background was moving, it could have been produced, but then they have that other video where he's having a hard time breathing when he goes back to the white house and you can kind of tell his, his breathing is labored and he's standing up there and he's like, oh, you know, he was just smoking too so much I don't know. pot that day. That's all it was. I mean, it could be, yep. it could be. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Trump claims he's never really done anything, so I don't know. Uh, okay. He says he's never really drank or done uh, drugs or anything. Okay. Sure. Like Clinton, never in. I mean, I have a hard time believing that when you spent like most of your life at Playboy Mansion parties, but you know, it's cool. Yeah, there's no cocaine floating around there at all. N nothing. So, or alcohol. Mm. Hmm. Whatever. Who knows? Maybe could be true. You keep hitting that mute. These kids, man. I know. I, I, I get it. They're fighting over the TV. Is it? Oh, it's not. Damn it. I missed animation uh, domination. Oh, you? oh, I watched it. Wait it a minute. Good. I missed the freaking South Park. Pandemic special. Yeah, did you watch I did it? did miss that. Everybody said that was pretty raunchy. Oh, was it? Yeah, I didn't watch it, but everybody uh, says pretty raunchy. Who <laughs> wanted to watch it? Like, I'm sure COVID killed Kenny. I mean, what else would it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to. If COVID doesn't kill Kenny, I'd be pissed. It's got to be. I mean, come on. It has to be. Yeah. Who else would kill Kenny? In a pandemic special, it's got to be COVID. It's got to. It's got to be. Got to be. Somebody has to die from it, and it's got to be Kenny. That's right. Yeah, got to be. What, that's what I would write. At least, I mean, predictable. That's what yeah, I would write too. Very predictable, you know? but funnier and fuck. Because right, because <laughs> you, you got to have Tolly, and then you'd have like all your other friends, but then Kenny. Like right. he's got to have something going on. Yeah. Yeah. He just has to. There's no other choice. It wouldn't be worth watching, actually. If... No, it wouldn't, actually. So, yeah, everybody said it was good. Yeah, that Simpson episode was off the chart. I haven't watched The Simpson in years, and when I was up there, we watched it, and it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, whoa. Let's kick their ass. It's really going to be real in here. Uh-oh. I'm about to just going to pull out. What did your mom call... Uh, um, did your mom spank you guys or you or when you were little? Yeah. What did yeah. she say before she was ready to open a can of whoop ass on you? What did she say? Oh, mm. oh, my mom always would be like, you're cruising for a bruise. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone that my mom would say shit. She would just go get a wooden spoon out of the drawer and she'd slam it on the counter. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah and it's like, That's okay, the next step is you that feel the on your fear before ass. the fear is there, right? Right. So it gives you yeah. a chance to at least try to tighten that right. up. Right. Yeah. Once you saw the food was out, because yeah. that was serious. Uh huh. 
if you kept going, you're going to get spooned on that air. Yeah, that was it. Yep. That was, you got like one more chance and that's it. So that's it. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, I mean, people have different opinions about that. Some people feel like it's extremely harmful. Others feel like it's not. You know, I don't think there really is a manual to raising kids. But what I will no. say is <laughs> I think sad. you can't treat all kids the same way. No, you can't. Even in the same family. No, that's what I mean. Right. No, it don't work. Yep. Yeah. It does not work. So I think the people who say, oh, you know, gentle parenting, all this other crap. Honestly, what I end up seeing from their kids is I see them complain the most about their children's behavior. I see them complain the most about what their kids end up doing. And then they're like, I just let them make their own choices. Well, what if they're bad choices? Then what? Well, they get to make their own decisions. Well, then you have a shitty kid. Right. So I feel like there's got to be some balance in between. You know, nobody's saying beat your kid senseless or l- literally leave bruises. But some kids don't respond to timeouts and taking things away. No, they, they, they just go, whatever. And then you go in the room. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like my kids would probably, they'd find a way to like, if I took away all their toys or they'd find a way to turn their bed sheet into a toy or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Like they wouldn't give a shit. Like they just move on. They would improvise. So I don't think every, every kid, you do got to find their poison and what that is. But right. for some kids, it's nothing. They don't care. Right take everything away from them they don't give a shit right so that's that's the only thing it makes you wonder though so i think that that has a lot to do with some of the situations we're in now people are afraid to discipline their children for multitudes of reasons certain places you can't or else they try to take your children away right yeah that's a big issue too you know but some yeah, people you know are, deserve deserve their kids taken away but i don't think it's the majority of people out here just trying to survive nobody gives us a parenting manual so i just feel like we're trying to wing it out here on our own it, it would be wrong anyway I, I i tell people that if your kid's born with the book and not a raisin it ain't gonna work anyway that's true yeah i don't it, feel it like won't. it would work no i feel like it'd be no bullshit way. You know, it's always like that running joke on the TV, the cartoon Rugrats. The mom always listened to Lipschitz. And she would always be like, well, Lipschitz says. And then it'd be like some bullshit that everybody knows and the baby just does it anyway. But it was like a perfect right. example of how even if you have a manual or a baby guru, sometimes yeah. they're wrong. Right. But sometimes they don't have the answer. Just, and I don't think you can find the answer of feeling content about your parenting through a book. You did, yeah, this is what I did. And I told my kids this, I go, don't try anything. Cause I probably did it. And if I didn't do it, I knew somebody that did. So you're going to get caught. Right. And it worked pretty good. I mean, they both stayed out of jail. Uh, my daughter got pregnant at 18, but you know what? 18's 18. But it wasn't like 18, she was 18, 14. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like she was 14. They weren't on drugs. So right. I I call that a successful parent. Mission account. Yeah, mission I would account. say that you, you got them to 18. that point of adulthood where That's they right. can take care of their own business. Yeah, after, <clears throat> after that, they're, you know, it's not like they're on their own, but I'm not responsible. They're kind of on their own, yeah. yeah you right. know, you'll be there to support them, but you won't necessarily be there making decisions for them. No. No. So yeah, they're not on their they're not alone, but they're on their own. Right. 
you know, I'll be there to support whatever decision you make, shitty or not, but I'm not making decisions for you anymore like I used to have to. You know, you have to make decisions for your kids as a parent. Well, the so nice... You don't know how they'll appreciate them, you know. Oh, no, they won't. It, it was they good won't. for them, yeah, you know. Won't. You always question that, but... Won't. They won't appreciate it. You don't know anything. You're stupid. It's different, Mom. You don't get it. Yeah, okay. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. I get it. But when yeah. you hit 18, then... I'm I'm not accountable for it. You are. Right. That's the difference. And I think through maturity, you come to those different points in life where you do eventually, no matter how much you want to say no, you realize in some aspects your parents were right. You know, oh, oh, only yeah. just for the simple fact that they lived longer. It's not even because they're smarter or better. They just live longer. And we're able to see that happen. Mm. Where you, as the young person, cannot conceptualize this idea yet. Right. You know, it's like trying to imagine, like, what is God? What does he look like? You know what I mean? Well, that shit's infinite. He's actually a black right. man. My son and I were discussing this. You know, that whole biblical story is in the Middle East. There's no white fucking right. people like, there. Jesus, yeah, I would assume Hello? would be like a black dude. You it, know? It's got to be. Right. You would have been darker skinned, at <laughs> least like right. my color. Like, right. Very least. Yeah, mixed, dark, whatever. He sure as hell ain't white. In the Middle East, no. are you serious? No, because he would have been burnt up That's right, or red. Burnt motherfucker. That's right. That, there's no way. Right. Yep. It's just too hot. Has yep. anybody like seen what Iraq and those areas are like? They're like If hot. you say that to white people that are they're apparently racist, it's like, well, you know, Jesus might have been a black man. They're like, what you talking about? What? Yeah. Right. What you talking about, Willis? Like, well, yeah, no, right. they're not having it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's I get like... it because it's hard to conceptualize. And I, I get that because, okay, we've seen pictures, but it was only... And I had recently actually heard who that man is supposed to be. It's some guy from like the 13th century huh. that they picked that they thought would be good as Jesus. And so that's why they picked that looking dude. Really? It's actually a real dude. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. I don't know for, for sure, but that's what they say. He was a real man. And he worked in like the church or something. And they picked him for one of these portraits and then just used his image as the image of Jesus Christ. There was a show where this kid, like five, six years old, died and he came back to life. And there was like oh, right. this picture, two pictures of Jesus. And like his parents said, so you met Jesus? And he goes, yeah. And they go, that Jesus? And they go, no, that guy, that's Jesus. Not that, not that guy. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. Yeah. He said he that actually is. met Jesus in the picture. There's two different pictures. And he goes, no, that's not him. That's him. Like right, really? Right. See what I mean? Yeah. So like, hmm, it makes you wonder. That's yeah. the one thing I could say. So I think it's just hard for kids to be like, "Oh, my parents are right." Until you get to that point in your life, you're like, "Oh, my parents were right." Fuck. Okay. Yeah, that's the hardest. Those are some hard words to come out of my mouth. <laughs> it's like, my, yeah, my you damn right. That's why you right. heard it say it like that. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. they're right. Yeah. No, not like, oh, they were right. Like, uh-uh, no. Mm -mm. That, mm -mm. I can't say that, damn it. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, that, it's just something that it does. It, you come to that point, because I'm sure you've told things to your kids that you're like, look, trust me, I'm telling you. And they're like, oh, yeah, dad, whatever. You know everything. Like, yep. And they're like, damn it. You're so right. Because it happens. And yeah. it's 
it's just hard, you know, even when you tell friends, it doesn't even have to be like an age gap thing. It could just be, they can't conceptualize that actually occurring. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to put themselves in a place. Cause that would be like completely like history changing. A lot of people would have issue with that. They've prayed to what they thought was a white Jesus all these years in their head. <laughs> yeah, right. even, though, <laughs> yeah. even though Jesus said like, do not idolize me. Do not turn me into an idol. And then people did, and then they're like, oh, but it's cool, though, because it's Jesus. But he said, don't do it. So I'd like to put that out there. Um, but I think it would really fuck up people, just like they said it would fuck up a lot of, like, Catholics and other religious groups to know that UFOs were real. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. literally had one person tell me, this was a guy who was in BIL, and... um it, you know, occasionally he would see kind of what we were talking about, me and Red, on our shows. And for a while, we used to talk to this guy who was really big into aliens, right? And we'd have him on quite a bit. And he would come talk about updates and all that shit, right? And um, he, when we started talking about, you know, like, if, you know, aliens could be, like, or sent down to, like, warn us about, you know, these things. You know, what if, you know... God, you know, because first, the first thing people want to say is aliens are demonic, right? What yep. if aliens aren't? Yep. Created aliens, they obviously, obviously created them in a demonic form. You have to turn demonic to be a demon. So they wouldn't have just existed as evil from the beginning. Right. So there's that. And then the second thing was, well, he was like, well, then how does that change? that would make God less powerful. I'm like, how? If God created us and them, how does that make God less powerful? But in his mind, knowing that aliens were real would make religion in his mind kind of worthless. Right. And I don't know how people get that connection, but a lot of religious people feel that way. That like, I guess everything they learned would be a lie, where I just would feel like aliens would complement that because we couldn't be so ignorant to think we're the only things on this earth. Right. You know, and on or in this planet, in this galaxy. I mean, I guess if you want to believe in flat Earth, there ain't shit all. But right. for those who believe in planets and galaxies and universes, there's probably something else, and we just can't think we're it. And that's the only other issue is that that I think that's hard for people too because that's it's one of those paradigm breaking events and shake the foundation of what you built, how you think God. And that, that, that fucks people up. There's also a theory that uh, we're a hybrid created by aliens and therefore they would Correct. be our creator or God. Correct. That would be like the panspermia um, theory where they believe that, you know, aliens came here and seeded with our people and right. then created us in this alien hybrid race mm-hmm. here to like mine gold. Um, so there's that. Okay. That could be true. I mean, what what did we first start hearing about our early ancestors doing in the history that they allow us to know? Oh, they were digging rocks and holes and shit. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Yeah. Could be. I don't, um, I don't know. I have an open mind you, to all that. You have to because, I mean, we don't know. Uh-uh. But would that change who you are or what you're supposed to be? Like, if we were created by aliens, does that make us any less human? Does that make our experiences less valid? No. But see, but to some people, I think it does. 
it would make their life worthless to them. It would they wouldn't Why? feel like oh well because it don't have me- meaning. Yeah, well, because I guess it wouldn't have meaning in Christ even at that point because Christ would be some fairy tale. You know, I think it would mess up a lot of people, but I don't think people have thought of a world where how come God couldn't have thought of these people inventing us? Like, you don't think he could have thought of that? Like that, that, that one thought skips people's heads where that's the line of thinking I would come more from that. Even let's say if panspermia type theory is true, well, God would have let them create us. Period. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There, you see there, what I mean? I don't think we'd be less divine because of that, because God let another creature create us. Right. So are we less divine because we were given that divinity just through another creature, so we're, we're less than? No. Yeah. So that's where I'd have to draw the line, but I don't think everybody shares that line of thought when it comes to those type of ideals, like Jesus being black, aliens, etc. you know? Right. Well, because they can't comprehend it, they're brainwashed into what they were told. So, it's... well, because they've never had any paradigm breaking events that have happened. Where, let's say, you and I, because we've taken the red pill, for instance, yep. many times That's over right. many different events, breaking a paradigm for a thought process that we had isn't too hard to replace for us. Right. For them, it is because they've never had to break this before and think a different way. But for us, we've already had our minds blown so to speak so then it's just like okay well now we're on this i guess so it's it's not that hard of a transition it's interesting because if you tell somebody the federal reserve is not part of the federal government they think you're insane enough yeah but for to you and i who know that the federal reserve is a private entity functioning under the government and they're not a legal entity and technically they're running illegal services right now Right. That that's pr- true and proven up by law in paper, you know. But yeah. to the average person, yeah, that sounds like crazy conspiracy shit. But right. that shit's on on the record. Yep. I know. It's true. So it's hard. So even shit that's on the record, because it is a paradigm breaking event, people cannot be a part of it. Nope. Can't accept they would rather it. have the ignorance and the bliss. You know, ignorance is bliss, so to speak. And that's true for people. You know, I always use the instance when I asked the cable guy when he came to my house, like, because he asked me, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, do you really want to know what I do? And he's like, I don't know, maybe, yeah. Because, you know, when I say it like that, you want to know, right? Right. <laughs> and um, I'm like, all right, when I tell you this, I don't want you to judge what I do. <clears throat> and so then I tell him, I'm like, you know, and that I was with Freedomizer at the time, you know, I work for this, you know, organization and we believe, you know, everything and anything against the new world order. So we report, you know, on things in the state of the Republic, you know, and he's like, oh, you really believe in all that? You know, and I'm like, you don't? I'm like, why? And I'll never forget him saying this. He was like, I would rather pretend to not know because then I don't have to deal with the reality of knowing. Oh, because that works. Yeah. Okay. It works. If you don't know about it, you you don't have to out of sight, out of mind. Mm, okay. Yeah. That was his thing. And he was like, I would rather live in that world of ignoring it than acting like it exists. 
So that was his answer for it. And I'm like, yeah, but then how can you do that until it comes on your doorstep and affects you? Then what? Right. He did not have an answer for that. He was like, you make a good point. And I'm like, yeah, because you can ignore said thing that you know is real, but you don't want to admit it. But that doesn't make it any less real or continuing to happen. So, like, and he thought about it. He was like, yeah. But this is why people turn a blind eye to these quote unquote conspiracies because it's easier for them to live in the lie that everything's all right. right. And I've heard that from many, many people why they don't get interested in these topics, why they don't research vaccines or other things is just because they would rather live in the ignorance. Because then they'd have to admit that their family doctor's been lying to them, that the doctors are brainwashed, that they really don't know what they're doing. And that's a really hard concept when you're taught from a small child, you know, um, oh, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But there's a reason why they used to say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Why would you want to keep the doctor away? Mm, Think about that. Because they kill you and they cost money. See what I'm saying? So they knew that even back in the old nursery rhymes, you dig? Right. So that's the whole thing is like people forget that. But now the culture is to go to the doctor for every sniffle, sneeze, every time your body just feels even a a small bit out of whack without thinking about the physiology of our bodies and how it actually works. You know, to maybe check those things first, because it's going to be 99.99% of the time, a mineral deficiency of some, some sort that you're dealing with. And that is making physical symptoms. Well, I'll I'll share this and I've shared it before. My, my trips down different rabbit holes. I I just can't, I I just can't say, and I agree with uh, the new world order is the whole problem because I think it's multi-layered or compartmentalized or there's different people influencing things. Like Bonnie says here, you know, the Federal Reserve is a private bank with a lot of rich people running it. That's exactly what it is. So they have the control over the monetary system. What I was told is that the new world, there's a new world order and a one world order. There's two different things. Okay. What I was told is the Illuminati is in a battle with the the Vatican. Yeah. And that's it. And the Vatican is interesting because, yeah. like, I have found out recently that the Vatican had used um, Turkish and Armenian Arabic soldiers to fight in World War II for communism. I didn't know that. I wouldn't surprise, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. This was fucked up. I found it in some article I was reading. And just the style of my research, when I see a word or an event or something that I'm not like familiar with, I will stop in the middle of an article and then go search what that event is. And then from that event, will probably bring me down another rabbit hole. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie book, you know what I mean? Right. And then I finally find what I'm looking for. And then I'm like, holy shit, I just figured out this whole thing. Well, that's how it happened when I found out about these Armenian things. Because I had some, heard something about Armenia and then made me question, well, what the hell are they doing? What's their religious composition? And then I found out it was majority Christian, but then it became majority Muslim. And the turn when it became majority Muslim was during World War II, when they enacted, like I said, Muslims to fight for the communism side under the guise of Catholicism and under the um, the leadership of the Vatican. Well, there you go. So just saying, they were like Mussolini fans, you know? So I don't mm, know. Yeah. They always try to act like the Vatican wasn't involved, but why were they getting Arabic to basically fight a holy war 
in the middle of supposedly Axis and Allies. Like, nah, dude, there's some more bullshit going on than they ever want to admit during World War II. Uh, yeah. Because that, that, that question alone should make you wonder, why was the Vatican hiring Arabic soldiers in Armenia to go fight under the guise of communism? Don't know. What's up, Dwayne? Sup? How much? Right. Talking about Scarlet. Eddie Van Halen into the Vatican. Ooh. Don't ask me how we got there, but we did. We go through some rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I yeah, mean, it's Scarlet. So, what do you expect? It is me. Yeah, it's true. And when me and Tim get talking, though, me and Tim go through some rabbit holes just naturally. Oh yeah, quite a few. <laughs> right, one thing will just lead to another. I know that's how it turns into a three-hour show. I know it is. I mean, I was done I was an like, hour oh, ago. I'm just gonna call in real quick, you know, just have a few things to say. Right? Yeah, right. Right. So much for that. Right. Well, I'll be on the air with Dwayne here in a minute. So oh, is you coming on? So yeah. Is it clarity at midnight time or what? What's what's up? No, it is the night talk. Ah. Okay. No, there's no clarity at midnight time. Oh, that's just Friday night or Saturday night? What just night is Friday it? Night, Friday. Friday night. Okay. No, just Friday. Right. Every other night is a night talk. No, yeah. I meant to call in Tim, but um, I asked some stuff my mom going on. Oh, right. What's up? Yeah, everybody just keep good thoughts for Dwayne's mom. Why? What's Please. up? Why, what's up? Um, just. You know, just just life. You know what I mean. So oh. just put some good thoughts out there. Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. All that's, right. that's my request from everybody. I think that would be helpful. Prayers for for Ma. Yeah, just for some. You know, everybody always has a hard time. You know, and that's no, not I me. Think, um, Never. Everybody's had. I think everybody's had. I don't think I've had a breakdown period yet during uh, this, but I think other people have had their breaking points. Um, not saying that I'm better than. I just haven't had that like I can't take it anymore moment. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there might have been a couple. Th- you know, there was though. I will say there was one point at one point, like at the beginning of the coronavirus, I did not bring my children to the park. But at a certain point when it was like May and then going into June, I was like, uh-uh, we're going to the And so then we started going to the playgrounds and stuff like that. And then, so I did have my one point where I was like, I'm not keeping these kids inside another damn day. I will lose my Bro, we were all at that point. That's what I'm saying. I think everybody's hit their breaking moment. I was. And during this year. And I think if you have it, good for you because you've got your shit together and you have the mental fortitude of a fucking, I don't know, some type of warrior. But I think everybody's had their point this year where they've been like, mm, this is too much. I just can't. I don't know if it's from Tim's side or my side, but just, or Charlotte's side, there's just shit kind of echoing since I got on. Probably yeah, yours. It's got to be you because I haven't had any problems until you came on. <clears throat> yep. It's you, Dwayne. It's not are you on mobile? Are you on the computer? Oh, I got a computer, computer. to get So I'll be back on. online here soon. And we're going to make a lot of new changes to the website and other things because I'll be back online. Cool. 
Thank well, God. Should I just end the show? It is three hours, which is freaking crazy. I, dude, I have to push my show back by a couple of hours because of a couple of hours. What are you talking about, Dwayne? We're gonna start I with this. Text, I just texted you. Oh, did you? Uh-oh. Okay. Well, I said I, I to about one fifteen because I got an emergency. One fifteen. A friend of mine's here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him, don't we? But no, Tim, I wanted to come on and say something about Eddie Van Halen, Van Halen for a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, come on. When, uh, Who's that? I started listening. Van Halen? <laughs> oh, you're echoing. Is is Dwayne echoing? Hang on a minute. Bonnie's saying there's echo. Give me a minute. I'm about to do a thing. It's going to look weird. Hello. Hello. I'm about to do a weird I'm in a tin can, so I mean, I don't know. Could I go? This is going to look really weird. I'm not lying. I got like a new little ring, like the selfie light and things. I've even upgraded since you came to. Oh, listen to this shit. So when I move into my apartment, I'm going to paint one of the back walls green. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! How do you like that? I fucking love that. That's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna oh, be awesome. Me. I don't That's give a shit. That's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna have anybody in there. I could give a shit. It's gonna be a workout room anyway. My bedroom's yeah, gonna be a and workout then, room. Uh Mr. California pulled down the green screen that was in the living room and there's a large giant map. That has like all his works like mapped out on it. So I'll take a picture and send it to you. It's like a giant map of Minnesota. It's like oh, the whole wall. Really? Yes. It was behind that green thing in in living room. Uh oh. Get him, Buck. Right. Buck's gonna eat their ass. Gonna tear your There's ass a up. Car out there. Yep. You know, Buck ain't playing at night. He watches all. Of- I I do have a feeling if like somebody who was here who really wasn't really supposed to be, he might eat their ass. You're gonna and get at night, I don't think I would mess with that sound at night. I don't oh, know. That's a lot better. Is it better? Ask no, Bonnie not. if you're echoing. I can't hear. No, it. it's not. It's on stars end of the Okay. This time. Oh, Sherman, yeah. You know what? Sherman would probably have made it a lot easier during lockdown too. You know, you, know you got him to take care of and Star, wake you up for and feed and, you know, it's like kids. Scarlet. What? Are you on speaker? Yeah, I've been on speaker the whole it? time. Why? Because there's still echo and I have headphones plugged in. Okay. But I've been on speaker the whole time, but now I'm not, but I was. But okay. I called in. On Google Voice. Oh, what the fuck? It's me somehow. It's gotta be. It We've been talking for it's two hours. It's okay, does that work? I don't know. Hello? 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 Okay. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming from. It doesn't sound as apparent anymore, so maybe it's not happening. I don't know. Is it echoing? Talk, Dwayne. We'll see. Hello? Hello. Hello. I don't feel like it was like, a lot, like it was before. 
Well, just start talking and see if somebody says something. Yeah, we'll see. So let's talk about Eddie Van Halen, whatever you were going to say. Let's go back to that. That is important. He is the man of the hour. We should be remembering him. Eddie Van Halen is part of the reason I picked up playing a guitar. There you go. Aw, see, look. See, I was just talking about how music affects different people different ways. And it's not like like how he played, but you know, it's just the way that he played in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I heard him play for the first time, it always inspired me. Yep. You know, so it's like finding out he passed away today. You know, just kind of it home. It sucked. It did. Yeah. It was big. You know, checking around the property, and I was like, "Oh, breaking news!" And like, I texted you right away. I know. As soon as I like heard it over the wire, because I was like, actually, Pam messaged me and was like, "You, you need to tell Tim." And I was like, "Yeah." He might not see it. You're right. Okay, I will message him. Mm-hmm. And then so I did. And then that's how it went. Yeah. So it was really painful. You, so shout out to you Pam. Know, it you was. It, it was like this. When Scarlett told me he passed away, it was like a moment of like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Yep. Like that's half my childhood is like gone. Oh, people are watching you know, live without a, a net in its entirety on on YouTube right now. That's an awesome concert. That's fucking awesome, man. That's yeah, the, that's so. the essence of Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. That concert is just off the charts. Yep. So that people are watching that. Um, that's on a channel called uh, Michael Palmisano's channel. So if people want to check that out, it is live. Yeah, it's a shit. Man. You know, it. it's like this, you know, like after I found out he passed away, it was blaring Eddie Van Halen musical day. Yep. I'm sure. I'm sure rock stations Who across knows? America, the DJs felt pits in their stomachs and just were like, we got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. Like, you got to because, like... Like, when Prince died, you know, he actually died on uh, your mom and my son's birthday. Uh, The whole day after that, every station played Prince. I mean, every single one. I mean, they turned the 35W Bridge purple. You know, they turned the Capitol purple. Right, I'm gonna come back in the right You know what I All mean? Right. So I wonder if there's any tributes like that tonight for Eddie Van Halen anywhere. Like in his, where was he from? Do you know his hometown? Nah, they were from Denmark, and then they moved to some town in California. I, I don't know where. Okay, um, that's it. So, right, I just, I just wondered. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I like I said, uh, uh, Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius XM, they were playing fucking Van Halen like back to back to back to back man it was cool that is pretty cool yep 
They still might be. I can get it on my phone here with the XM app. The XM app is the shit. It fucking really is. Right, right. So cool. Oh man. And and you know what? It's like, what the fuck is going on with the mic? The I even have echo cancellation on. I don't know. They would turn it off. I do that and that goes more. They have a Van oh, Halen yeah. tribute ch- tribute channel. Look. I don't know if you can see it on here. They already Ooh, started tribute a tribute channel. So ain't that the shit. It's already happening. Yep. There you go. But that's what I wondered is how you know how many of those type of um, tributes that we'll ever see. Passing of uh, Edward Van Halen, you know, uh, died today, Santa Monica, at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, with his wife Janie by his side, as well as Wolfie and his brother Alex. Um, I, met, I had the honors of meeting Edward uh, two or three times. The first time is a 15-year-old kid. Walking by the uh, Park Meridian Hotel, finding out. Yeah, see, so they're doing all that cool shit. That is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Bro, that is cool. Yeah. You know, that's the type of shit you could just sit there and listen to, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. remembering somebody's life, a brilliant career, a musical genius, you know, like I said, the likes of which we do not it, do not exist currently. Right. So yep. it's a cool thing. Yeah, that's why I wanted to acknowledge it because that's that's what they were doing. I was just sitting listening to it in a truck, and then that's when I text you and I go, you know, I think I want to do a show on Eddie Van Halen. And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so, why not? yeah, why not? It's better it's, than not doing it's the it. Perfect time. Yeah, right. it's the perfect time to right. do. Why not? Everybody else is doing one, and might as well leave your piece of legacy on. You know how you felt about this day. You know, it's like the days that. You know, everybody remembers, oh, when so-and-so died and this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll always remember the day that Eddie Van Halen died. Right. We did a show. We talked about it. That's right. You know, it's a release. Yep. You know, you get to say your piece. It's like a, a eulogy. You know, we're giving a eulogy for right. it. Right. Exactly. And it's very soothing and therapeutic when you do that. Yes, it is. <laughs> Instead of grieving and feeling like shit and sad. The whole right. Time. We remember the good times and, you know, what rock and roll is about. There was no time to be sad with rock and roll. It was like bitches and partying and booze and shit. Yep. Was, there was no time for sad. And and when I pass away, I don't want people sitting around being sad. I'm like, fucking go have fun. You know, fuck, fuck that. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I want like you a want party. People. I want people to like have a good time. I don't want right. like bitch. Well, I want people to cry a little bit. Okay, I'm not. Well, of course. Bitch. I want people to yeah. cry a little bit. Of course, okay. they gotta grieve. I want people to be a little sad. Yeah. Are you right. under the camper bus? What are you doing? Um, I want them to feel a little bad, but at the same time, I want to you know let them have have like a celebration, have like a party. 